Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes with your host, Jay and Trey. It is time to break down the events of this very eventful NFL draft. This is the NFL Draft Aftermath Show. And before I even make the introductions, I'm going to tell you, I'm still a Chicago Bears fan after all these years. I'm not going to be objective about the Chicago Bears draft and what they did. Let's go. I'm fired up. I'm happy they made the deal. Everything is roses. Everything is wonderful right now. The honeymoon period is in full effect. Bear down, fucking Chicago Bears. Welcome in. You are listening to Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, May the 1st, 2021. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and we'll get into all the other picks, all the other fans of all the other teams. Calm down. We'll get to all of you. We'll, uh, most of you anyway. We'll cover the uh, eventful first night of the draft. Uh, Second night and and the third night, I really don't have anything to add. I don't think either one of us caught too much of that. But that first round, uh, a lot of fireworks, Jay. It was fun. It was fun. It was was nice because what did we not have this year for the NFL draft? We didn't have our annual um, retweeting rap lyrics that got dug up from seven years ago, right? Right. our, our, we didn't have our annual weed guy, right? We had none of that this year. So, no other, other than the, uh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't have any of that. So we didn't have the who's the weed guy, and we didn't have anybody who tweeted old lyrics. So that was that was nice. That was that was clean. Um, obviously, we had the the, the Rod story break. Uh, perfect timing. That couldn't, have been, you know, if that wasn't orchestrated, I don't know what is. Um, For sure. You know, so that's a clear shot. That's yeah, yes, that's a that's a clear shot. You know, Rogers still has that. I mean, he's always operated with a chip on his shoulder, and uh, even if he fully intends to play for them, you know, they're on notice. Shots fired, and so I, I can understand it's 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 the politics, and they're playing this out through the media. Uh, there is no chance they were you know going to deal him or any of the, so any of the hype that that was all going into that part of it. I wasn't buying any of it. I was like, no, they're not trading with the 49ers. They're not trading them to Denver. I, I, I was watching NFL Network. I um, was able to I, – I downloaded uh, Sling TV. I've watched oh, it on okay. in the past because they have – they're one of the few ones that let you have NFL Network. Um, so I was able to – so you were watching the ESPN feed. I was watching the NFL Network. In fact, I actually had the NFL Network feed on my phone playing the Sling TV as I was driving home from work. So I wasn't really watching, you know, I mean, I'd get the occasional glance down, but the draft isn't really the most visual thing. Um, I I wasn't all that excited when the concert broke out 10 minutes into the show. (laughs) I won't, I won't repeat the tweet that I sent you. Um, (laughs) I think that was just the text. I don't think you tweeted that at me. That was 
the yeah, text they sent you, not the tweet, the text they sent you. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can dig it up here. My, I think my, I don't think my kids are listening to the show. <laughs> They're both in bed. Well, well no, no one's sneaking I'll, up the stairs. Possibility. I'll, I'll tell you about that a little in a minute. Uh, the Oscars show, and then all of a sudden, here comes random text from me. <laughs> Just out of the blue. What the fuck is this concert <laughs> shit? So that's the way the evening started. Yeah, there's a possibility your your daughter might be listening because she well, she's back at home. Is she back at home or is she still at the sleep? Yeah, she's at home. Oh, she was okay. she sending you messages this morning? Uh, last night, she was uh, oh, telling okay. me to, to tell Daddy uh, good luck with the show and, and say hi to you, and I had to let oh, her know, uh, we're, we're not doing the show. That's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. She wanted to make sure that you that you knew that she was thinking of you and wanted to say hi because yeah. uh, she knew that we had a show scheduled last night, except that she didn't know that you canceled the show and had it moved to tonight. Right. Well, Grant had an impromptu sleepover with Mommy and Daddy last night because – she got to have a sleepover at her cousin's, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll move the show one night so I can have, you know. It's always special for him, those nights that he gets where it's just me and him and, 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 and the wife, so mine, not his. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, so. that's understandable. Yeah. So here we are, Sunday night. Now we have the totality of the draft. I, I watched a little bit today, but, you know, the, the day three stuff, you really don't. Right. If you're mining anything, if you can mine anything out of day three and you don't tell me who the stars are going to be, good luck. Look, I, I promise you, Bryce in Brooklyn has got all the draft picks broken down. He's got a flow chart where they're going to play, what technique yeah. they're going to play on the line. He's, he's got everything figured out. Because we all know what a 40-year-old quarterback with uh, no offensive line needs, a running back at a tight end. <laughs> Uh, good luck with that, guys. Go, go Steelers. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so I, I'm glad you know. you're so excited about Justin Fields. I, yeah, so, I know, I, I know. Uh, I'm just saying. Everybody else is going to so, say, you know, they're going to have their jokes and they're going to say, oh, my God, why are the Bears trading up to get another quarterback? They did it again. And yeah, uh, they did it again. You know what? It's fine. Everyone can say what they're going to say. Bears fans are going to have this moment. You, you cannot take this from us. You, you can't do it. This is the, I absolutely, uh, the honeymoon period. Here is here is why I'm going to take the moment from you. We can jump right down to number <laughs> 11 in the draft because this is relevant to you. Justin, first of all, he's going to the worst media and fan base towards quarterbacks in the country, and I think you would agree with that. Worse than New York? Towards their quarterbacks, where – Bears fans' favorite quarterback is or not, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is always the backup quarterback. This is true, like that, but... That town he, is a walking quarterback controversy. When they've had talented quarterbacks, they've hated him. They hated Jay Cutler because he was mopey. Even though he's still the best quarterback in franchise history, they didn't like him because he didn't play through a blown-out knee and he got sighted walking around in a mall. And the media, the media is always ready to bench the quarterback for the next guy. The fans are always ready to bench the quarterback for the next guy. This is just such a it, it is such a terrible situation for for a quarterback to go into highly touted. None, 
I honestly don't know if it was that all these guys they drafted were terrible or they just went into the worst quarterback situation that you can go to in the league. The worst. Worse than New York. Because it takes, I mean, Eli Manning, for all the, you know what, it took them a long time to unseat him. Eli Manning would have had about four starts for the Bears before they ran him out of town. He stinks. Get him out of there. Where's Caleb Haney? Oh, yeah. Where's Steve Stenstrom? Where's Caleb Haney? Where's, you know, you know the list as well as I do. Uh, better, unfortunately. As soon as, uh, as soon as, if let's say, let's just say this: if Justin Fields gets the start, let's say he is the guy and he wins the job in camp, and they start one and three, Andy Dalton now becomes the, the most sought-after quarterback by Bears fans. It, it, it's the, it is just a curse. It is a curse upon all Bears. Fans. I grew up in that town. Nobody knows it better than you and I know it. Maybe you don't think that way, but your everyday average Bears fan, it's the, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in the roster. Uh, first of all, the pushback on the Bears uh, being the worst town for a quarterback for talented quarterbacks is outside of Cutler and maybe Eric Kramer, name me a talented Bears quarterback. Well, we, um, I don't think we can actually know. I don't think anybody gets a chance. Oh, I think they get chances. They're just no good. They just get. Um, they have the fastest. They have the quickest hook. And yeah, they draft. For, maybe they draft poorly. And for good and reason. All that, but, yeah, I'm just saying we, we've been we've been dealing with this all the way back to Jim McMahon and Mike Tomzak and, and Steve Fuller, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on, and it never ends. And you even yeah. brought up Eric Kramer. The Bears fans wanted Steve Walsh over Eric Kramer. Or do you forget that? No, I, I, I understand. I remember. The Bears fans wanted Caleb Haney over Jay Cutler. Caleb Haney, who couldn't see B.J. Raji. <laughs> he still can't believe it. He's, he's waking up in, 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 <laughs> at night still uh, in cold sweats with B.J. Raji no, bearing he down. Have, he probably has a fat head of B.J. Raji on his wall. <laughs> He doesn't need a fat head on the wall. He's got it in his head. It's embedded in his brain. I send him one. <laughs> yeah. But there were fans. Um, they were clamoring for him. They went, let's give this Caleb Haney a try. So we, we joke about – come on, you know we joke about this to no end. Before even the podcast, before even the blog, this goes back decades of joking about this with the Bears fans clamoring for um, the, the next guy. Whoever the backup is is the most popular quarterback. I completely understand all that. And when that guy and then when that guy stinks, it's the third guy. It's not to go back to the starter. <laughs> it, let's go get. Let's whoever go to Henry Burris now. Oh, you know, whoever. Yeah, let's find some third string. So then it becomes what Nick Foles if they don't move on from him. I, I just I fear for this 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 young man that he's going into just an awful situation. Now maybe I understand your everyday average Bears fan. You're not that guy because you actually talked positively about Eric Kramer. Or, I mean, people don't even talk about Jim Miller. And when he was putting up those three, four years of uh, – that was those years when the Bears were losing all their games 41-38. to 38, And then people conveniently forget that he was, like, breaking all the Bears passing records during that span. But then their defense stunk, right? So there's been into some a, talent. But yeah, Jay Cutler by far is the most game. talented. Yeah, but by far Jay Cutler is the – He's the franchise quarterback, right? He's the best he's a, quarterback in Bears franchise history. And it's not even close. And that's, we've said that that's many, sad. many times. Yeah. People push back on us. That's fine. They just don't know anything about football. That's okay. Um, 
Yeah, and well, I worry also about the lineage. But diehard Bears fans State like lineage. Renard will, will fight you back know. with with Jim McMahon, and <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, but I love I love Jim. I love the plucky QB. He, he wasn't good. Um, <laughs> he had a he had a world class defense and Walter Payton. And a great attitude. Punky QB, love him. Uh-huh. And he was fun. Um, uh, and also right. the, the whole Ohio State lineage. I think that was my first text to you. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah again, you're, and, you're and not going to rain on our parade. Bring up due. all of that stuff. It's fine. He's due. <laughs> the Buckeyes are due. Someone's got to break yeah. through. I just I, – I, I don't deny – that it was the right move for them to make. So see, I'm going to, I'm not trying, I'm not even contradicting myself because I didn't say anything about the, the player or the pick. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about the situation. And I, I, I just, that's, that's, I, I worry. I just worry for that young man going into that situation because that's a, that's an uphill climb. That is a town that, that's rough on quarterbacks. It's a different street you're walking down. I'm walking down a whole different street than <laughs> so what you're talking sunny. about. You're I'm on not, the sunny side of the street. And I'm on this. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not arguing anything that you said. I'll even do you one better. Um, is He doesn't have to go one and three for the uh, fans oh, yeah. to start clamoring for a new quarterback. He has to go one, four, three on his first three throws of the first game, and they'll start booing and chanting for uh, whoever the backup is. The first third down in completion? Ooh, <laughs> that sucks. Oh, I understand that. The That's not rifle. the street I'm walking down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we want the red rifle. Uh, whoever doesn't matter that's fine this is not the weekend to think about any of that that's for all the other people to think about and worry about bears fandom is not thinking or worrying about any of that you cannot rain on our parade we're loving this pick right now the honeymoon is in full effect until august or september and so it's going to be a, a great summer it's going to be a great summer for bears fans the optimism is high uh, we understand why it was done. We understand that Ryan Pace's job is, is on the line. He's feeling the heat. He, yes. he has to make another move. Uh, Matt Nagy's job's on the line. He's feeling the heat. Uh, it was a very uh, illuminating comment on the ESPN broadcast by Lewis Riddick when the pick was made, where he goes into this long, winding diatribe where he doesn't directly say that the Mitch Trubisky decision was Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy had nothing to do with it. Uh, but the way he was describing it was, okay, if this pick is who I think it's going to be. If it's Justin Fields, then I know that it's Matt Nagy's guy. I know that this is Matt Nagy making this call if this is Justin Fields. And he kept repeating that and he kept saying that, which was his way of saying that the Trubisky call was not Matt Nagy's guy. So this was him uh, giving Matt Nagy a platform and throwing Ryan Pace under the bus and letting everybody know without – letting everyone know what the deal was with that. I found that uh, compelling because I didn't know that Matt Nagy was that highly thought of to have people uh, in the media carping for him like that. So that was interesting. Oh, well, on the NFL network feed, it was Daniel Jeremiah. He was sort of their Mel Kiper. Yeah. Um, you know, so, he, but it, when he was describing the pick and everybody, I mean, universally, I don't even hate the pick again. I don't hate the pick. It, he was considered, you know, either the, depending on your rankings, he was either the third or the fourth guy, right? A lot of people were debating about whether he would even go to Atlanta at four, and we would just literally have boom, 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 four quarterbacks come off the board. And I remember when Atlanta's picking at four, I'm just like, don't pick the quarterback, don't pick the quarterback. <laughs> I either wanted them to trade out or pick exactly what they 
who they picked with Kyle Pitts. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. But with 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 Fields, you know, Daniel Jeremiah he didn't so talk so much talk about Fields. He just spent his whole time, and this was again, this was an eleven pick after a big trade up by the Bears, going from twenty to eleven. Spent his whole time just trashing the Bears' offense <laughs> twice, not once, twice in his in his minute of time talking about the Bears' offense. He uttered the word boring. The Bears' offense is boring. I mean, that was what he said. He said, this offense has no life. It's boring. This is a boring offense. Like, multiple times. Like, just you know, you talk about driving the bus. He was, that, that, to me, seemed more like he was driving the bus over Matt Nagy. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, we talked about it what in it the Bears' like playoff play game. They came out with one creative play, and then that was like, oh, that's what <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> we, we've done enough. That didn't work. Let's pack it in. <laughs> yep, it's over. It's all over. So, yeah, I think there's enough blame between the GM and the coach to go around. And it does kind of sound like he's uh, on on uh, Ryan Pace's side. Like maybe he's the guy on for Ryan Pace, and then Lewis Riddick on the other network is the guy for Matt Nagy. I don't know. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Um, you know, uh, I'll definitely I would definitely push back on that with uh, Daniel Jeremiah calling the offense boring by saying, you know what makes an offense not boring. Exciting players, which good GMs actually know how to bring in, which the Bears don't have, which the Bears do not have. No, I mean they, they, you know, they made a number one out of Allen Robinson, and they had some nice play. You know, the running back, the running back play was good, not great. Um, but you're supposed to have this, uh, you know, dynamic run all over the place type quarterback. Uh, really, problem is Mitch Trubisky had. What like, those fifty-five, you know, Baker Mayfield completion percentage areas that he was in were not very good. And quick, name another receiver on the Bears. So, yeah. Oh uh, wait, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> Taylor Gabriel still there? <laughs> I don't even remember. He might be. I don't know. Anthony Miller. I, I like Anthony Miller. He's like a number he's three at hurt, best, right? But he's always and hurt. he can't stay on the field, right? Yeah. Well, I, I named one. They had the kid, the, the the tight end kid, the, the kid from Notre Dame, right? Oh, commit, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's a work in progress there, so, you know. Another 10 tight ends, yeah. <laughs> That's also not exciting when you have an offense, when no. you keep bringing in tight ends for your fucking offense. So we'll God. see. They've got, the, they've got the quarterback. He's got the big arm. Uh, all I remember of Justin Fields from his uh, college career was uh, Ohio State dug themselves into a lot of huge holes. They would climb out of a bunch of them. But he would have he would have some just brutal first halves of games, and then have to turn. What? Oh, oh, wait a minute! No, wait a minute! That that sounds familiar. That sounds like Dak time. You know what? I'd take Dak time over what this office has been doing for the last fifty years. I'll take that. <laughs> at least there's some maybe you got a shot. At least then you got a shot of coming back from twenty-four to nothing. Exactly. Which under uh, Trubisky, you had no chance. With under Trubisky, Nick Foles, no chance. <laughs> But I almost called him Dwayne Haskins. But uh, with Justin Fields, at least you got a shot. You can come back from from twenty four down. I see what you're doing there. You a Freudian slip trying to call him Dwayne Haskins. You cannot ran on our parade. Oh no, no, you're no! Not no. I'm, do already, it. I'm, I'm already. I know what I'm going to start calling Justin Fields by probably week four. I'm going to call him Dak Haskins. No, can't can't that'll mess just drive it up. you crazy. Oh. What? But you can't mess it. Can't mess it up. You cannot mess I'm up not, this weekend. I'm not. Can't I'm mess not up the excitement. Ruin, I, I can't ruin the flow. Can't I can't do ruin it. the excitement. No, nope. I, I, I'm. 
I got five months to, to warm up for this. <laughs> I we totally got five months get it. to celebrate. I totally get the optimism. It's a big move. It's a big pick. They did not get fleeced by moving up one spot <laughs> by the 40, you know, like the 49ers <laughs> did to them with Trubisky, uh, who got the guy they wanted. Oh, that, that one still blows me away. That one was, that's all time. It is. That, that's there, There's no this doubt. Was, on the, uh... This was a fair value trade. The Giants clearly didn't need anybody at 11. They wanted to stock up more picks. The Bears were itching because there's New England uh, waiting to pick, right? There were rumors that the, the Raiders could be uh, hunting around for a quarterback. So I, I, I understood the move, and the Bears were trying to go into this next season with uh, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Yeah. So I get it. Now I was thinking about this as a sports talk uh, type topic, like a bar argument thing as well. Oh, sure. Um, The uh, Trubisky situation, as far as that draft, as far as uh, making the the bold move from three to two, I'm not talking about that part of it. I'm talking about the option of of taking Trubisky over what may be a a transcendent all-time player in Patrick Mahomes. Is all Patrick Mahomes I believe, went at thirty. He didn't go at thirty. When wasn't he low? Mid teens, I think. Oh, okay. I thought he went late. Oh, that was the year Lamar Jackson got drafted, right? He went really late. He he was the last pick of the first round, I believe. Right, right, right. I thought Mahomes was a pretty late draft pick too. Compared to uh, uh, Trubisky, he was late, but mm-hmm. he wasn't that late. He was like eleven, twelve, thirteen, something like that. Um. They're been their mid twenties, Trubisky and Mahomes, and that's already in the pantheon of of worst draft decisions of all time. It's not a, a trade decision because that wasn't whether well, two or three that was going to be the pick. So it's not about the trade, but like just draft decisions, it's up there uh, as the as the worst of all time. I think it's already in the conversation with Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan for for the Trailblazers and the oh, Bulls. Oh sure, uh, yeah, Mahomes was ten that year. And I believe Watson was in that draft too. He was like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. He was right there after uh, yeah, after Mahomes. We, we don't know how that's going to go, but the yeah. talent is not undeniable. You know, the talent's undeniable. So, right, the that situation is is definitely that story uh, might not that story might not have a happy ending. Let's just say that that might not work out too well for him. Um, so I was looking at uh, is it worse already? Is Trubisky over over Mahomes? Is that already worse? Than Bowie over Jordan, considering how terrible Trubisky turned out to be and how great Mahomes is, and you know I, I'm on the you know I'm, I'm bringing it up, so I'm, I'll but I guess uh, I'll answer it first. I don't put it at Bowie Jordan until and, and it's a different sport. Uh, you can't just t- uh, carry a team to, to five six rings like Jordan did in football because football takes right. so many other people. You you can't do that as one person. Uh, so I won't say six rings for Mahomes makes it worse than Bowie Jordan, but I will say like if he gets to like three or four, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm putting that over Bowie Jordan as worst call of all time because it's just awful. I'll tell you how it makes. I'll tell you how you could make um, the the Bowie Jordan one even worse, right? Because was it Houston that won? Houston took Olajuwon and won. That's right. Houston was one, and then who picked two? Portland was two, and because they had a two-guard already in Clyde Drexler, they said, ah, right. that Jordan guy? Nah, we'll take the big right. bot, the big guy, Sam Bowie. 
that would have been like if the Bulls were two and Houston was and Portland was three, right? And then Portland trades up to two <laughs> with the Bulls to draft Sam Bowie. <laughs> that that would, be, would be really bad. That would be about the equivalent of what the Bull of what the Bears did. They were so hot to trot for Trubisky. They moved up from three to two to draft the to first to draft the guy that the team that they traded with wasn't going to take because they got solid. Draft the guy that would have. That would have been there at three anyway. They were so afraid that somebody <laughs> was going to jump up to two to grab Mitchell Trubisky that they had to make that trade, and, and, and they paid for it too. I mean, that was that was what was really stunning. Boy, did they ever pay for it! The only Boy, thing I would say is let, the only thing I, I'd still say Bowie Jordan is worse, only for the fact that nine teams passed on Patrick Mahomes. This, this that part is is undeniable that Mahomes falling to eleven is basically on the same level as Stephen Curry falling to eleven, twelve, thirteen, yeah. wherever he or fell. Or Aaron Rodgers falling to twenty six. Yeah, that's, that's that's another good one. You know, um, so you, you can't say that all oh, the the top team or the top couple teams they missed out on. There's a lot of teams that missed out, so uh, it's not all Chicago, uh, but just taking the trade even out of the equation, just the fact that Pat Mahomes and looking like what he's going to turn out to be was there. And, and they just decided, eh, eh, this Trubisky guy, the North Carolina kid. Oh, that's it. That's going to be the guy. Yeah. I don't know. Where's Trubisky even play this year? Is he, does he go to Canada? Does he have to go on the rehabilitation tour? Didn't he sign as a backup with the bills or something? I, I don't know. I think so. I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling you'll see him again. He's the uh, the second string behind Project now. Maybe he'll learn how to play some football watching him. Yeah, these guys, uh, you know, not a lot of these guys left Chicago and got any kind of a, of a rehabilitation. Uh, Josh Josh McCown had a nice career. <laughs> that's a that that's about is, that's about Mitch Trubisky's ceiling right there. <laughs> yeah, but that gonna play is for, even. He's going to play for seventeen teams. <laughs> That's such a weird uh, – I don't know if you're going to repeat the career that McCown had because McCown was retired and coaching high school football yeah. when Chicago called him up. And then 10 years later, McCown's still bouncing around and making money and, and backing up all over the league. Is and, that, and, that's has, just and, and for a career backup, he's sort of like the poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Serviceable um, at times. Yeah, when he's had to play – he, 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 you can do worse as a backup. Let's just say that he hasn't. He was not awful sometimes. Sometimes right. he was. So and sometimes if he your wasn't. if your career trajectory is that you're going to be a serviceable NFL backup, a lot of guys would kill for that. Millionaire, multimillionaire. That's right. Heck, heck of a way to do it. <laughs> so, so you're 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 all in on fields. I mean, so so uh, let's take the rose colored glasses off and the whatever orange and blue colored glasses off for a second. Do you have any hesitations at all about this pick? Oh, if I wasn't a Chicago Bears fan, yes, I'd sound like everyone else sounds right now, which is who is who's he throwing to? What um how is he going to You can fix that. The trouble is will the coaches have they ever? who are the coaches whose jobs are all on the line, the fans who don't know what to do with a good quarterback, even when they have one, 
and the media in that town, are they going to let him struggle long enough to grow? Uh, without but, any criticism at all? No, of course not. Of course he's right. going to get some booze and some criticism and, and some, some tough talk. I just uh, ha- definitely have to push back against that being the worst place uh, for him to go as far as scrutiny goes, because New York, I think, is is actually worse. I, I don't know how good Sam Darnold could possibly be, but good Lord, you talk about never getting a chance. And, and he also had no weapons to throw to either, let's be fair. Uh, it's close. It's close. So, yeah, if I wasn't a, a Bears fan, I would be definitely skeptical about the about the whole thing. Well, that's a, that's a half hour on your boy there. So, I mean, we, we got it out of the way. You're excited. Uh, were you able to, to do the small homework assignment uh, that I gave you about uh, uh, what ESPN was doing, putting Tim Tebow on the air as an analyst for, for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, how, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what kind of comparisons could that possibly bring when you bring on someone as universally god-awful at yeah. quarterback as Tim Tebow to analyze the number one pick in the draft? Uh, I was going to say they were going to, I was going to say if the NFL network uh, in honor of his retirement, if they were going to bring on Sean Lee to talk about health and conditioning. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's, that's real good. Um, I I had a a whole list because I was just, my, my mouth dropped when I saw that uh, Espen was having a segment on Tim Tebow uh, about the, uh, mechanics of Trevor Lawrence and, and breaking down everything about the the quarterback. Well, and, wait, and aren't like, they going to be playing together now? <laughs> the, the new tight end. I I don't think he's going to make the team. But tell you what, not the worst <laughs> idea I've heard. I think I think if Tim Tebow had swallowed his pride ten years ago, roughly or whatever, you know, because he's not that old. Was he thirty? I mean, uh, so, early 30s, 32. Yeah, so 10 years ago, let's say, if he had swallowed his pride and decided that he was going to dedicate himself to being a tight end or an H-back or what everybody was looking at and saw was yeah. the the talent. Because, you know, the, the he had all the skills, just can't throw a football. You have all the quarterback skills, you have the leadership, you have all those things, you're a good teammate, but you just cannot complete the act of throwing a football. Uh I think he could have had himself a fine career as a tight end if he had just dedicated himself to that. And that that was even talked about back then, but that was, no, he was completely sold on the fact of being a quarterback. It didn't help that Josh McDaniels pumped that into his head. Didn't help that he went and won that playoff game, um, you know, and that they had all the, the, the miracle comebacks when he was with Denver. Um, so it, it, Tim Tebow might've actually been the originator of Dak time. <laughs> Nobody could play. I mean, can you think of anybody more than Tebow who would play three absolute garbage quarters of football just to pull it all around and go seven for seven in the fourth quarter and win the game? And the ugliest seven for seven you could possibly imagine. Oh yeah, too. that was the oh thing. absolutely. Like at least Dak when he finally turns it on in the fourth quarter plays good football. Actually plays the position of quarterback. Yeah. He can complete and the throwing motion it. without people going. Ooh. <laughs> Without people cringing. Without you actually hearing, like, ears are. creaking. It sounds like a like, – yeah, I mean, Tim Tebow, if you would, like, uh, do some um, audio sampling of, like, a, a, a creaky gate over Tim Tebow's throwing motion, that would be about accurate. But, yeah, I'm not the guy I would bring in to break down Trevor Lawrence. Refused to be anything other than the quarterback. Yeah, everyone talked about him – 
moving to tight end, or, or I said running back. I thought he would make a perfect yeah. uh, like H-back, H-back uh, yeah. goal line smasher guy. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would have done with him for sure back Where then. You could, yeah. It's in the early reason, 20s. It's, he's 32 now. So There's a reason why we call Taysom Hill Taysom Tebow, right? <laughs> Taysom, I mean, yeah. Tim Tebow was basically just 10 years ahead of his time. Sean Payton would have loved a, you know, 10 years younger version of of uh, Tim Tebow as his sort of gadget guy, right? And the, yeah, the the throws are are almost as ugly with with Taysom Hill. Uh, he actually, of course, a decent one every now and then, unlike Tebow. But yeah, very very similar. Uh, just big guys who could really do some damage for you with the ball in his hand. You right. just don't want him throwing the ball away from his hands. Just keep the ball in your hands, son, and, and that's where you do the most damage for your team. Because once you release the ball, now you're doing damage against your team. That's why we don't <laughs> yeah, want you releasing the ball. Right. And Taysom, and Taysom Hill will fumble every third time he rushes with the football. Correct. Where Tim Tebow at least had ball security skills. So. Yeah, Tebow analyzing Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, uh, for me, that's, uh, as, as I texted you, my initial reaction was that's basically uh, – if you want to find someone to have a, a seminar on how to run a daycare center, you wouldn't want to bring in Jared from Subway. That's about the equivalent oh, of ESPN bringing oh, in man. Tim Tebow. That's that's like that's like Bill Cosby conducting a sleep study. Oh. Hey, you stole one of mine. That's, that's like a, a treating women with respect and dignity seminar by Cos and Mike Tyson. That's, <laughs> you don't want that. You, you don't want a seminar on uh, organizational structure from Donald Trump. You don't want that. Uh, you don't want something about the uh, nuclear family dynamics and the, the structure of family by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. You don't want that. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you, don't, you, you don't want a seminar on how to love and accept your true self by Caitlyn Jenner. That would definitely be the wrong choice. Mm. Uh, you don't want a, a seminar on keeping your employees happy and motivated by the entire management team of the Green Bay Packers. That would be the wrong people to bring in on how to keep your employees happy. And last but not least for me was be the obvious. Uh, you don't want a seminar on how to monetize a podcast by us. You definitely would not oh, want hey, us coming hey, in to, to show that you that. $20 check cleared. <laughs> how long ago was that? Was that about three years uh, ago? Like four years ago. We're working on our second <laughs> 20. Come on. Uh, any day now. It's, it's That's coming. right. Checks so, in the mail. Uh, so you're uh, so you did you did get to watch uh, some yeah, of most I of the NFL, NFL Network. Network. Yep, all first night. And, and I watched the uh, the ESPN. Uh, your initial uh, thoughts of the uh, the NFL Network uh, product, which is this is the product I've been watching all these years because I we've was winning the Madness. We've considered it vastly superior over the years. I found it boring. Oh, like uh, the Bears offense. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, exactly. He said it was boring. No, it, was, it wasn't the they, – they I mean, Rich Eisen's kind of getting a little Bermany for me as far as the shtick. Um, yeah. He's definitely believing his own hype. Daniel Jeremiah is – yes, he has, you know, he has at least a resume as an NFL scout, unlike Mel Kiefer, right, because you can always pull the bill or say uh, <laughs> thing, I believe, of, you know. Ripping on, and they were playing. They were they were playing that 
on on YouTube <laughs> in honor of, of Mel Kiper on draft day because it was all on the, on this day, you know, where they ripped on yeah. Mel. Who the hell is Mel Kiper anyway? So <laughs> at least he's got that. But yeah, David Jeremiah doesn't really move the needle for me. Charles Davis is he's okay. I prefer Lewis Riddick. So right. I found myself like, oh, I'd rather actually hear, you know, because now that Mayock is gone, it was sad because they actually were interviewing Mayock today on NFL Network about the Raiders draft. And I was, and you know, and, and Mayock just rolled right into TV mode. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, he's all cliches now? I, I missed him on, no, I missed him into the booth. I missed him on that oh. booth. They they actually were like, oh, you know, and then Eisen's like, well, we put, our, our booth put together a, a, a you know, an homage to you. So they played it and it was him just ripping all the, <laughs> the little, the year that they had the zoo animal. Uh-huh. That was it. It, Yeah. And they literally were just playing all the clips of him. Like if that thing cooks back to the zoo one more time, I'm out of here. And I, I think he meant it. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I believe we I actually was... talked about it on that show about like, I, you know, how we like, we liked the cranky, uh, Oh, oh, the man. cranky There's... Mike Mayock, yeah. So, Nothing uh, and then they done. had a they had another coach. I think his name was Shaw. Yes, David Shaw from, from David California. Shaw. The, whole, the only thing, I, I mean, what he was saying was really good, but he was so distracting because he he had I don't know if he has like something going with his hand, but he was like his hands wouldn't stop moving. It was like oh, Al Pavante, yeah. but worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a who gets that reference? You, 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 you know, uh, email the you show if a, you get that one. Yeah, of a certain age from Chicago, basically. Yes, you get the Alpamonte reference, but I was, I'm, I'm accurate on that. Um, <laughs> if there was a drinking game related to yeah. the NFL Network broadcast, where you had to take a drink every time Rich Eisen said the word vaccine vax or fully vaccinated you'd you'd have been mm-hmm. drunk about 45 minutes into the show it was it was propaganda after a while it felt so shoehorned into the broadcast that he was clearly working from a script like he's being given the message that he needs to be pumping up pu- pushing the vaccine um you you could definitely uh, get that sense because it did not feel natural in the broadcast. And I even had people I was talking to at work today who were bringing it up to me without me prompting them bringing that up. So I wasn't the only person who noticed it. Uh, on the ESPN side, they had their own version of that. Absolutely. Uh, there was a vaccinated fan section in Cleveland. I don't know if they were showing that on the camera on NFL network. Okay. Uh, but there was a, a section of, of fans that I guess were all vaccinated. Some of them had stickers uh, indicating that. And they got a graphic and everything before the first commercial break. Uh, once the uh, the pre-draft coverage began, uh, they got the cameras on them. They got the, the show out for the for everybody. And, and Greeny, Mike Greenberg, Greenberg assured us uh, that the tone for the evening, uh, if you would take a drink every time you heard this, would be, quote, safe and celebratory unquote and he must have said that no less than another five or six times oh, during man. the uh during the during the, the pot uh during the broadcast I <laughs> after say. the year that we just lived through it only would have been capped if he called it mostly peaceful <laughs> all the all the celebrations were mostly peaceful uh, yeah. except for those uh, canceled <laughs> No, I, I think uh, you guys call this virtue signaling when you're up there with um, vaccinated fans and, and I, talking about safe and celebratory. And I all actually, on NFL Network, I like I said, I moved past virtue signaling 
all the way to propaganda. It was the Fox NFL network guys sitting on the aircraft carrier after Colin Kaepernick took the knee. It was that. Hey, guys, how you doing? Yeah. We love the military. Yeah, we'll be back. It was that. It was that level for me. Yeah. No, I, I, it, was, it was that level for me. It felt so um, unnatural. Like, you could, okay, after the first time, mm-hmm. okay, I'll, I see what he said. And after the second time, it's like, okay, when they actually start cutting to the war rooms for teens, and Rich Eisen would go, we're now cutting to the fully vaccinated <laughs> Cleveland Browns war room. And, and then the graphics started to mirror that. Then oh, the graphics dear. were, I was like, okay, is fully vaccinated like the name of a brand? Because this is ingenious. <laughs> like, if, right? Like, if you're starting up a, a, a business and yeah. you're pumping a lot of money into your advertising and you named the business fully vaccinated, it was that level. It was almost like it was brought to you by... <laughs> brought to you by... Pfizer. Vaccinated. Yeah, yeah I'm so, I am shocked that all the commercials that aired during the first night of the draft were Johnson & Johnson and... You know, Moderna and Pfizer and Moderna. Yeah, it was it was OK, guys, we get it. And then it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, became it was, distracting. I agree. It, it was pandering. OK, for sure. So I, OK, so you, you saw it, too. As somebody who yeah, you are the fully vaccinated half of this show. Right. I am. Which you don't and, you, you haven't said it. We're 41 minutes into the show. If this was the NFL draft, you would have reminded me of that 12 times by now. Well, if I was employed by the league, like ESPN, NFL Network guys, uh, Roger Goodell would have had my phone blowing up and constantly trying to remind me to let the world know that I am indeed hashtag fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Yeah, or double vaxxed, I believe, at one point was what yeah. Rich Eisen called it. Like, it was so bad. It took me uh, out of the moment. It, it really did. It took me out of the draft a few times. Well, you'll, I guess, be glad to know that you weren't alone because ESPN was, was equally as nauseating with that. <laughs> so if it's that bad on both networks, it makes sense that it felt shoehorned in because that's clearly people operating on marching orders. That's clearly the league saying you got to let everyone know that we're doing it the right way. We're doing it the right way, and, and we're safe and, <laughs> safe and celebratory. That, that was so, the, that was the, so, that, so when I say propaganda, I wasn't too far off. It was propaganda. It was league propaganda. It was 100% league propaganda. Yeah. And then and we know there's money going. We know that the companies making these things, there was money changing hands with the NFL. I don't know if the, the companies, the drug companies, had anything to do with it. I think the league was was taking on criticism for uh, the way that it did things mm-hmm. last year, having some fans in, some right. fans out, and uh, the the optics of having uh, you know these screaming fans uh, with their masks down. They they got masks, but they're down around their chin and they're right. screaming and spitting at each other. And um, so I think that that's just them trying to take the the steam out of the criticism that they knew they were going to get by having all these people there uh, for the draft and, and trying to let everybody know, hey, we're we're doing it the right way. We're we're safe. If there's a breakout here, if it's a, it's a super spreader event, it's not our fault because we were quote unquote <laughs> safe and celebratory. Oh, and fully, and fully vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that was my takeaway. That's sad because outside of that taking me out of the evening, the actual booth, you know, the the, the, the four guys, and then they would cut away to Kurt Warner and mm-hmm. uh, some college quarterback who I don't remember his name, but he, he never, I never remember him playing in the NFL, but he's an analyst. And then they would, that would be when they would talk about quarterbacks and stuff. And it was just, it's Kurt Warner. It's not very, it, 
Kurt Warner, he does all right on some game. He does some of the radio commentary on games. So is the color guy. He does okay. Uh, I, his booth segments are, are pretty weak. So. Yeah, the guys on the uh, on the desk for ESPN weren't uh, too much better for me. Uh, it was Greeny, and I hadn't heard Mike Greenberg, I guess, in in a long time in years. Sure. I don't watch his show. He, the the show that he uh, screwed Golik up the ass to to get his own show and and get Golik out of there. I don't watch the show. I don't uh, really respect Greeny anymore. Um, so I hadn't heard him in a while, and I was looking down at something when the uh, pre when the pre show started. So I heard his voice i didn't i wasn't looking at him and god he sounds old now i the moment i heard his voice i shot my head and was like whose grandpa is that oh that's that's green gee that's that's greeny wow he uh you know father time's undefeated so he, he's sounding pretty ancient these days but yeah the crew for for espen was greeny mel kuyper uh, booger mcfarland your your boy your favorite um and and Lewis Riddick, and you get one guess as to which one of those didn't sound like a breathless schoolgirl at a Backstreet Boys concert when they I would, started coming in. I would, I would say Lewis Riddick because I would. <laughs> he's probably the thing I missed the most about having to watch the ESP. Like there were moments I was watching these picks and thinking. I'd rather be hearing Lewis Riddick breaking these down because he's got the he's got the cranky Mike Mayock thing working. Like he'll let you know if it's a bad pick. He will, but he's nowhere near uh, Mayock's level. He's he's got yeah. he's got fifteen more years of crust before he gets to the Mayock <laughs> level. So so, so I appreciate while I've appreciated and thought that the NFL Network crew was vastly superior in the past, it's kind of a push for me now. You're just hearing. What you're saying, you know, I mean, Kuyper's obviously shtick at this point, right? Did, did, oh, yeah. did, they, did, they, did they wheel out Chris Mortensen? Unfortunately. Oh, those are the, that was a sad segment three years ago. It's not any better. Uh, they came on, uh, Shefty and Mort came on at one point to yap about the Aaron Rodgers situation. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, it, it didn't, uh, you know, Mort actually held up better than I thought he would. But, yeah, okay. every time he starts to speak, it's like, oh, yeah. it, it is it's like, still okay, cringy. This is, this is getting to be like elder abuse now. Why are you wheeling out Mort? <laughs> I know he's the OG, right? He he is the guy that all of these insiders owe everything to. All the Jay Glazers and Adam Schefters, right? Mort was the first. This is just another uh PC police is another sort of virtue signaling situation. They don't want to just boot him right off because of the fact that he got strokes and and sounds like that and looks like that. They don't want to be. They don't. They don't want to take the heat for doing that. So they're going to keep him on there no matter how uncomfortable it makes right. everybody feel. But if you're watching that, thinking this guy needs a sippy cup, you probably mm-hmm. need to be sheltering him from. And that was three years ago. That I, I understand. That. If, yeah, I understand. He might want to do it really bad, but yeah, someone's yeah. got to be the, the big boy and, and say no. We we can't, we right. can't do that. Right. Just, um, like I said, all these guys who are doing it now, all these insider guys, they, they've got it made. Com, you know, because you think about when Mort was doing it. Mort was doing it like pre-internet, right? He was, and he would actually be dropping useful things that nobody else was dropping. Where now it's just a race for all these sort of quote unquote insider guys to try to get access and have their guys and it's like no 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 Mort was you know I, I you know I have more, a lot of respect for 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 Chris Mortensen but it, fuck it's yeah time. put him to put him to pasture guys put him to pasture 
It's doing it back in the Will McDonough days. That's going way he should back. Be, yeah, I did it better, you know? That's he right. Should, he, he's, he should be in the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. All props to, to Mort, no, no doubt. But, yeah, it, it's time. Um, and his, his tidbit that he was trying to spit out was that the, uh, the Raiders were uh, in con- uh, conversations about the Aaron Rodgers deal, and he said they took themselves out of it because they don't have the money. And not reflecting on Mort at all, but my re- reaction to that was, um, don't you make the room and find the money for the EVP for the reigning defending league most valuable player? I don't yeah. understand. How, again, it's the Raiders. That This is kind of what they do. But how do you embarrass yourself and your fan base by having a reporter, no matter how uh, decrepit he may be, go on national television and tell, and tell the world that you would be in – talks to trade for the league's most valuable player, but you don't have the, the money. Like, how, how can you say that with a straight face? I, I don't understand. Uh, anyway, so the, uh, the, the crew uh, uh, that was up there, and you were talking about how you uh, sort of devalued a little bit the uh, NFL network crew now that you got a taste of them. And similarly, me having my first look at the ESPN crew in a long time, I don't know when they – made the, the moves to bring – I know Greeny, this is his first year, and I think this is Booger, uh, his first year up there, because, of course, they were trying to put him in the booth as an analyst, and that didn't work out. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't know how long Riddick's been up there, but uh, I was, uh, on the other side, similarly thinking this isn't so bad. Greeny was not bad in his role because he definitely turned down the, the, the Chris Berman-like shtick. He definitely cut out a lot of the – the, the jokes and the attempts yeah. at puns and stuff. He still had a few in there, but for the most part, he tried to play the the, the, the straight guy, just the host, um, just directing traffic and making sure they got in and out of their breaks and, and all of that. And when he kept it to just that, he was fine. He was perfectly fine. You know, just he sounded old, that's all. But um, they, they really seemed to try to have a more professional overall uh, presentation of the draft. This is what I was – uh, you know, dreading about watching the ESPN version of the draft is compared to NFL Network. I, I thought of ESPN as more cartoonish, more circusy, and, and trying yeah. to do uh, a lot. And it wasn't that way. It was a little bit of, uh, early on, like I said, when those first, uh, you know, five or ten picks or so that they were just fawning all over each and every one of them, the way they, they sucked and, and uh, filleted each and every one of those guys and made it seem like they were all the greatest things and uh, sounded like they were their agents. And, and that was, uh, you know, fangirlish. Um, so that was a little off-putting, especially uh, with, with Booger McFarlane. And I'm like, dude, why are you going this crazy, especially over quarterbacks? Like, you know anything about quarterback play? What, who are you trying to fool? Um, but overall, once they got past uh, all of that um, and just got into straight breaking down the, the players and what they're good at and who they remind them of, I, I really actually don't have a, a complaint about the ESPN telecast after they got past the initial uh, first few guys. I would go so far as to say, and I haven't said this in many years, if I win the March Badness next year, it might not just be an automatic that that you the loser you would that would get ESPN. I would actually have to think hmm. about it. Hmm. See that that's an upgrade. That's progress. That, that reflects is, very well on, be, on ESPN. It used to be we would suffer through the ESPN. I, I mean, I suffered 
yeah. through some ESPN years, and you didn't, and you were able watching the other, you know. And I, I just think with the subtractions from that NFL desk and some of the changes they've made at ESPN, it sounds like you know that they're 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 reaching a more of a, a like a middle point now. And this year, I think the whole vaccine thing just was just like, oh, I can't take this. So I was wondering yeah, we, if, this was, this, if I was I was wondering if it was the same way on the other side. And the answer is clearly uh, yes, it was the yep. same way on the other side. So absolutely, and we won't have to deal with the next year. I, I don't believe anyway. Ah, well, how about uh, 52 minutes into the show, we start actually talking <laughs> about the draft? Oh, sure. Well, I still wanted to get to before the draft. Uh, oh, you're okay. talking about the, the the singing and the concerts and all of that. Oh. They had a PA announcer uh, and a runway for some of the players to get introduced before the draft even started. Uh, they had a band. They had uh, they actually stopped the draft mm-hmm. for Sweet Caroline. <laughs> you saw that part, right? I mean, that was pretty late in the night. But Roger Goodell actually walked up and he had the pick, and he's like, "No, no, let him keep playing." Right. Because the I, crowd I guess, was into it. And I was just like, "Okay, I, yeah. I, I get that. He's playing the room." Now he didn't sing along. I think that would have probably the room probably would have totally popped at that point. Yeah, I don't I don't imagine you're ever going to see Goodell uh, singing along to you know to anything. That, that's that's asking a little much, but uh, he he sure does like uh, the crowd jeering him and reacting to him and booing him. He sure does like playing the the WWE uh, villain role. He oh loves yeah, he, I, I I think he plays into it. I'm surprised he didn't give him a little more. I'd have been up there like, oh, is that all you got? You know, I I'd have been egging him on even more. I think he said something to that effect uh, in previous years, <laughs> uh, when 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 the hate when the hatred of him was the the greatest, you know, back in the I mean, when they know, were booing, the they, they booed Tagliabue. Yeah, <laughs> right. Tagliabue was, was a, just you know, he was just laughed it off. Not a reviled commissioner. No, but what they what they give to Goodell is much worse uh, than what they yeah. gave to the tag. All the players love him. They all want to run up and hug him and. Yeah, because they're not in the league yet. Wait, right. Wait till wait, the first yeah. time they, uh, he suspends them for you know marijuana or something stupid like that. Uh, but yeah, they had a, the WWE like entrance with the players coming up before they've even gotten drafted. They had a kids choir perform the the black national anthem, lift every voice and sing. And at, at that point, I'm like, okay, really, we're we're doing that. Uh, then they get uh, uh, the role and Wilson from Heart out there to to sing the actual national anthem and, and presenting the flags. And I'm like, wait, we're still watching the draft, right? This is all for the, this is for the, the yeah. NFL. You thought they were getting ready to play the damn Super Bowl, the way they were rolling the, the pomps and circumstance out there. And as far as the bands and, and uh, you know, the uh, Kings of Leon, you got a has-been rock group up there before the draft begins. And uh, I, I think all of that was there in Cleveland. And they because I know on the ESPN Broadcast. That was another thing. Yeah. To take a drink again for Greeny every time he mentioned that they were in the shadow of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they were uh, looking at all the legends of, of music up there on the stage. And uh, they had the Isley Brothers introduce the Dolphins draft pick for some reason. I'm like, um, okay. Um, so I think that's what that music. I think the music was trying to tie into Cleveland and make Cleveland feel good that they were, you know, they're they were doing a draft there in Cleveland. I think that's that's what all that was about. I, I don't think they'll have. Uh, rock bands up there next year at the draft uh, in Vegas, although it's Vegas, so it might be even worse. It might have Elvis impersonators and showgirls and everything. It was, yeah, they definitely were were going with the music angle. The, the house band was was a, was an interesting addition, and the music. I, I, I didn't. It's a party. Really, 
I, I, I'm crotchety. I'm old. I liked my, I liked my <laughs> Saturday morning, 9 a.m. all day draft. That's over. Get over 15, it. It's over. The 15 minutes between picks that first round oh. took, you know, seven hours. <laughs> I, I miss those days. I miss the days of yeah. the Vikings forgetting to make their pick. Every year. Two, Every like two or three year. years in a row. What and then the all the teams behind them running up to the podium. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, literally, all the teams behind the Vikings just rushing up there because they could pick one ahead of them. And the Vikings just kept falling and falling. I think one year they fell like three spots because three teams <laughs> actually got their pick in before the Vikings recovered. Sad. So, yeah, I, uh, the good old days. Definitely the good old days. Um, so, yeah, as far as the actual draft goes, uh, so the obvious, you know, number one for the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, nothing wrong with that. Uh, the camera at uh, Lawrence's home kept putting, uh, as far as the ESPN version of it, I don't know if the NFL network was different, but uh, they kept putting his woman, girlfriend, wife, whatever she was, they kept yeah. putting him right in the shot with him next to him. They weren't cutting her off at all. They oh, weren't doing okay. the side thing. It was like right there, one and two next to each other. And you don't do that unless the girl's hot, and she was. So I, I understand why they did that. Um, and so Lawrence is announced as Jacksonville's first pick, and the telecast starts at, at what, 7 Central Time, uh, 8 Eastern? Uh, that pick had to have been made at 7.30. 26 minutes past yeah. the hour. 7.26 Central Time. That pick should that, have been that's... made at 7.02. That's too damn long. I, I understand stringing it out and all that. The Jaguars took almost their whole time. But we always wondered, did they take their whole time, or were did they make the pick in the league took ah, their whole time announcing okay. it? We never really right, know. Stretch, they're stretching. They're stretching the show. I, Stretch. I don't know. You know it's possible. There. Yeah, it's possible that they ran that for eight minutes before they were like, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I think Anything, you're just that out. giving the Jets more time, and the Jets already knew who they were picking. So probably mm-hmm. the least exciting one-two. Right. That we've uh, had. So, and then, you know, Zach Wilson goes to, uh, to the Jets, and Mel said of him that he would have kept Sam Darnold if he were the Jets and, and all of his goals. Wow. Uh, he would have actually held on to Sam Darnold instead of drafting Zach Wilson because I guess that's what he – it, 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 basically, I think he thinks Sam Darnold got a bit of a raw deal. There. I hate that people. So I don't think he's saying that he necessarily thinks Zach Wilson is worse uh, than Sam Darnold. I just, he's just saying you didn't give Sam Darnold the fairest of chances that you could have, and you're already getting rid of him and bringing in the new guy, and you could have just stuck with Sam Darnold instead of having to do that. And I, I, he's probably right about that. I, I, I know we both saw flashes in, in Darnold at times that he showed some some ability at, at the quarterback position, and you always Especially had to consider the first year, the rookie year. Yeah. yeah, when when he actually when he had Robbie Anderson and he actually had some weapons, and then that cupboard was was totally bare. I mean, I know they, I know that offense looked marginally better with Joe Flacco, but that's also because you've got a, my God, what. 15 year probably almost NFL vet, you know, helming the team who's, you know, he's going to be a little bit more sound with the decision making. And it's not like the Jets were playing great. They played great enough to get play out of the number one pick, though. That's right. They played great enough to not be able to take Trevor Lawrence, uh, unfortunately for them. 
so yeah, do I think that Sam Darnold didn't get the fairest of shakes in in, in New York? Yes. So, uh, but this the system now allows you to swing big and and miss on a quarter quarterback, and again, not set your franchise back for a decade. Right, you can they do can this. Recycle you, can, you can retool if you don't think you've got the guy. The Bears just did it. Oh God! Can you imagine if they were stuck with Trubisky for a hundred million dollars. Oh. oh. He was a bonus Lord. baby. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. No. So yeah, I, I do. I don't. I don't get it. And then you go and you see that the Jets made a lot of moves in free agency. They 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 obviously were drafting around this Zach Wilson pick, which makes you wonder what what could they have just done at two? Could they have traded out at two, acquired a ton more picks, kept Sam Darnold, and just made their team better? Yeah, that's kind of what Mel was saying. Um, he also was looking at Wilson's schedule at BYU, and uh, I like this line. He said uh, the schedule sent sugar levels through the roof because of all the cupcakes that he was feasting on. So clearly, Mel was <laughs> uh, been tape, I, Most of the Wilson. tapes that they played on Zach Wilson were more from his uh, pro day than mm-hmm. they were actual game film. Yeah, that's probably not. That a it was. Time. It was just. It was just big arm. It was. It was Josh Allen. Um, all over again. So I'm wondering oh. if maybe Zach Wilson's a bit of a project. Oh, yeah. Now the Jets get their own project to work on. I, I huh? think that was the vibe I was getting. It's like everybody was just talking like it's a, if it's it's a Jeff George. They're just falling in love with the big arm. Oh dear. Oh dear God. Right. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't think he's got the baggage that Jeff George had. But Jeff George, probably the strongest arm, one of them I've ever seen. I, I mean, well, he could throw it. Very far. <laughs> he wasn't a good quarterback, oh, but he could throw it very far. You know, Jay Cutler used to get that Jeff George comp uh, with the yeah. his arm. Out, it, it was strong. Yeah, it wasn't I quite that, that big, the, but the, that was the surliness, I think. Right, that was the attitude. Yeah. Um, but physically, we now have the delineation of big arm project that can work out excellently if you coach him up and put the right talent around him because we got on one side, Jeff George, and now we got on the other side, Josh Allen. So you right. definitely, uh, good luck Jets. I hope uh, for your sake that Zach Wilson turns into Josh <laughs> if, Allen. If, if the Jets are somehow able to trade for Stephon Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley, Zach Wilson <laughs> will be a hell of a quarterback. Well, they're trying. You see all they're, they're doing to, to try to help them. And I definitely did see, uh, I, I did see some of those tweets like Sam Darnold's got to be sitting there going, um, guys, what the, I could which use some is, of which is just beautiful because who the hell is Sam Darnold throwing to in Carolina? Um, uh, um, Keenan McCardle? Steve Smith's coming back out Steve of retirement. Smith? He's... <laughs> no, McCardle was a he was a Jaguar. He was a Jag. Yeah. Did he ever play for the Panthers? You know what? He may have. I don't. I don't remember. He was definitely well known as a as a Jag. Him and as Jimmy a Jaguar. Smith. Jimmy Smith, yeah, that was that tandem. No, yeah, Steve yeah. Smith isn't walking through that door. <laughs> well, I think Steve Smith might be the only one of the only good pa- uh, Panthers receivers. Even when Cam Newton took them to the Super Bowl, he had no receivers. No, he had a bunch of guys. Yeah. So good luck, Sam Darnold. You Mike Davis just left town too, so now you got guys and Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> maybe. Hopefully, maybe if he can stay healthy. Uh, so next is the uh, Niners giving up that haul of draft picks to get up to three for Kyle right. Shanahan to grab Trey Lance. 
and they hope he won't uh, follow the steps of uh, fellow North Dakota State quarterback Carson Wentz. Oh, oh they hope he doesn't go down that hole. Yeah, I, this is you know Kyle Shanahan though he seems to have the he seems to have the the the, the pixie dust with quarterbacks. Uh, awfully quick to give up on Garoppolo. Um, but, yeah, but I think you could tell there were some times where he was he was just through with him. Like he, I, think, he was I think they were through with him when he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders at the end of that Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I think that was the moment. If you if if you could see a franchise's trust literally be a, be a physical thing that broke, it was the how you overthrew a wide open Emmanuel Sanders streaking up the seam in the Super Bowl that would have probably won the game for you. Yeah, that that gives him the lead, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. And and yeah. it horribly overthrew him. Yes, by, by I think that yards. was the moment. If I could, if I could pin it down to a moment, I'm going to go with that one. There, there were a few moments. Uh, the, the Garoppolo, I, I, I think uh, Shanahan might be one of those guys that he, he kind of demands like that perfection. So very similar to uh, uh, Sean McVay. I, I think it, there were moments there yeah, clearly McVay had on of, Jared, of, Yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah, he had enough of golf. Like he, uh, all right, I'm, I, I can't. When, when you've got a undrafted or, or whatever that that uh, backup was that, that that basically they were going to play Wolf, him Wolf, over. Wofford or Wolf? Yeah, yeah, that was his, that was the guy. But they were over to play. Golf. Like they were mad when he got hurt in that game. In a playoff game, they were going to use him over Jared Goff. I think that yeah. clearly he was he was through with with, with Jared Goff. <laughs> again, just. The Super Bowl a few seasons ago, one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever seen, Oof. but um, in a Super Bowl nonetheless. So uh, now, as soon as uh, Trey Lance gets drafted, immediately you start seeing the reports. I at least kept seeing them on NFL Network that the Niners are like, no, 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 no. We're still starting the season with Jimmy G. We're not getting rid of him. Just you know automatically so they're already putting that out there that lance might be a you know a buy and hold kind of guy i put that on the same level as the packers claiming that they're going to keep aaron Rodgers. that guys say things that doesn't mean they're true at all i think you <laughs> you say it because it's what else are you going to say at this moment like you have no right. leverage so you have no you choice just, yeah you just say yeah no we're we're gonna hold on to this guy and we're gonna yeah they're they're uh i'll i'll Take what little money I got and put it on. Uh, Rodgers will not be in Green Bay when when uh, football starts in September, and Garoppolo will not be in San Francisco. I, I, I got wow. the daily double on both of those. All right. So where where do you see Rodgers? Um, I you know I wouldn't have a, an educated guess uh, if he didn't have a, a list out there because there's so many teams that could just. Use them. Pretty much any yeah. team that hasn't drafted I, a young quarterback. Twenty-eight teams that would literally <laughs> change right now if they could. Right. So I would be like, I just anyone could, you know, use him obviously. Uh, but he uh, got his list floated out there uh, at some point that it was basically uh, it was the Niners, Broncos, Raiders. Yeah, I believe one that of those three. Yeah. Um, and if I had to pick one of the three, I think I'd say. Um, I, I think I'd say Broncos only because the Niners would drafting this kid uh, is, is kind of the same situation as as Green Bay drafting Jordan Love. Is you got an obvious kid there that they want to 
play and they and they and he doesn't I don't think he wants to be in that situation where the first uh, misstep that he takes to you know you're looking over his shoulder and going hey we got this kid over here uh, you don't have that situation in in Denver because Drew Locke is is a, is a bust basically uh, all right and and organizationally obviously take them over you know the Raiders uh, certainly a much better uh, organization better defense uh, so that if I had to guess I, I think Rogers is going to be a Bronco okay. Uh, so as far as uh, Trey Lance to San Fran, Booger and Riddick uh, sold him so hard uh, when he got picked before the pick was even made because you know at that point it was still a, a bit of a Lance mystery. Lancer Fields, right? Lancer Fields. I know it was uh, him or Mac or, Jones. Or were... Mac Jones, yeah, which I did not get because I didn't I didn't get the Mac Jones love. I didn't think Mac Jones was that good. Uh, some of the I guess people I was reading. Uh, Social media-wise, did a good job of selling that in the days leading up to the draft, that Mac Jones was a better fit for what Kyle Shanahan would want. He would run the offense. He would actually do the things that Shanahan would want him to do, whereas Trey Lance, you know, the the athlete, the guy that can run around and make plays, uh, but not necessarily be the the guy that would, you know, run the offense. So that was Ah. uh, the narrative Uh with that. I'm starting to get this. I'm starting to get this comp between Alabama quarterbacks and Wisconsin running backs. Hmm. That you know, like when they were doing the comp last year, they were doing the the, the issue where you were talking about like you know you Jalen Hurts, and then Tua, and then you have Mac Jones, and you just yeah. look at all the first round receivers that these guys have played with. A lot of talent. Who, Who've all produced, right? A lot, of, a lot of Uber talent. Yeah, so I'm starting to wonder because you have Jalen Waddle and you have uh, mm-hmm. what, the, the MVP. You have Devontae Smith and you had, oh my God, who is who are these other ones? Uh, these last few years, it was just the list was insane. Yeah, there, there, there's so many I, I forgot too, but there's a lot of them. And it was just it kept going and going, and it's like this is going back a ways. It's like all oh, this first round talent was, was, was Henry Ruggs one of them? Yeah, I think, I think he was. So yeah, it was just ridiculous. We were talking about that last year about Tua. About was it really him, or was it that we right. just go through the list of all this first round wide receiver talent that he's throwing mm-hmm. the ball to? We're like, ah, maybe it's a product of the system more than anything else. So I wasn't all that sold on Mac Jones because that's the thing with Wisconsin running backs, right? They all get to run behind, an, they basically get to run behind an NFL offensive line. Pretty much. So, well, well, I'm interested. Yeah, we'll see on Mac Jones. But we get to him. Uh, but, yeah, the way the uh, Booger and, and uh, Lewis Riddick were selling Trey Lance, that, to me, smacked a little bit of uh, they, they really love this this kid. He's, you know, he's black. They're trying to, you know, pump him up as uh, – because Riddick kept going on about his character and now he – not only is he a great football player, great athlete, but there is no better person in the draft. And I'm like, okay, they, you know, they, they laid it on thick for sure. I, I thought they were trying to represent him. It was so thick. But, you know, when you fall in love with a guy, you fall in love with a guy and whatnot. Uh, and then as far as his tape goes, you know, he, he buried some DBs on some designed runs uh, in that highlight package, which is awesome in North Dakota. This ain't <laughs> North Dakota. You, That's you, correct. You try that with you try that with some of these safeties up here. You're gonna be sitting on the sideline for four weeks with a separated shoulder. So, 
Uh, I'm not, you know, saying that he's going to get knocked out or, or I'm not, you know, trying to wish any ill will on him, but I'm just saying uh, some of that talent and some of those plays that showed up on the tape, that's, that's graded, you know, up there in, in, in North Dakota, but you got to come a little different than that. It reminds you of the, uh, some of the tape that you saw on, on Johnny football and some of the plays that he's making. It's like, okay, that's cute, but that's not going to work. Johnny, in the, NFL. No, the Johnny Manziel plays were all lucky. <laughs> The Johnny Manziel plays were all of him running around and then heaving a bomb, basically a 50-50 ball that his receiver fought for and came down with. That was every <laughs> highlight of Johnny Manziel. Uh, the, well, the ones that uh, were – YOLO balls, that's all it was. No, no the score the, – the plays where he would make plays and score with his feet were all like he's hurtling linemen oh, yeah, or no. he's yeah. uh, you know, you know, trying to – <laughs> make juke moves in the open field and it's like you can't do that to you know Marcus Humphrey no. or, or somebody you <laughs> gotta be and, you gotta no. be special you gotta be to pull yeah. that in the NFL you gotta be Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick or Steve mm-hmm. Young in his younger days right before you know because he had he had run he would run a lot he he had no moves but he's got guys to miss he's very elusive um right. you know so yeah, you got to be on a different level if you're going to take that from college to the pros. Yeah, well, the, we'll, fact we'll that, see. the fact that we can probably mention guys who are that special on one hand, I don't think you saw that. You didn't have, you didn't get the wow from from Trey Lance when you were watching that, did you? No, I like I said, I got the uh, okay. That's nice. That's cute. That's that's real good. <laughs> you know, that'll for, work for his against- surroundings. Against, that'll work against the University of Minnesota at St. Cloud or something <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah, I get a Fargo. And all them. Yeah. Uh, okay, Atlanta at four. Go ahead, your guy. Go, go off. So yeah, although, on, although on, talk, on was, I, I was not sold on them taking Fields um, at four because I did not think it was. I didn't get the sense that this was one that they monetarily were ready to move on from Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan, you know. If they think they're going to be so terrible with Matt Ryan, well, then just, you know, be terrible and draft again, you know. So I don't think that they had a, a reason to jump up and take the quarterback at four. I think Arthur, I think Arthur Smith, we know he can We know he can pull some interesting things. Look what he got out of Ryan Tannehill. Right. Uh, Matt Ryan is a much better professional than I would say even than, than Ryan Tannehill, even though you, I've, got my problems with Matt Ryan. I mean, he was still nobody. He's the goat of taking sacks on third down, the goat. Um, And the goat of soul-crushing turnovers late in games. But still, he's still a serviceable, at this point in his career, a good NFL quarterback with with a ton of weapons. So I was either saying trade out. I thought they – somebody I thought was going to lose their shit and jump up to – try to jump up to four to get a quarterback. And then if they didn't, I had no problem with them taking Kyle Pitts. I mean, when I was – listening to the breakdown on Pitts, I basically came away basically uh, like the Daniel Jeremiah one was like, he's uncoverable. You can't cover him with a safety, a corner, or a linebacker. Uh, that makes him pretty good. That makes him uncoverable, right? <laughs> who's left? Uh, the coach. Don't <laughs> you out there and cover him? Oh, <laughs> I don't think you're covered. You're not going to cover him with the nose tackle. So he's too big. To, he's too big and physical to get covered by corners and safeties, and he's too elusive and fast for linebackers. I was like, 
that sounds good to me. So if, if, if they've got him, and then a lot of what I was hearing was that a lot of the scouts had him as either the first or the second best player on the board. Yeah. It was either Pitts, then um, Trevor Lawrence, or Trevor Lawrence, and then Pitts. It was literally that as far as, like, talent and production and ability. So I'll, I'll take it. I mean, if he, if he slots in as a tight end, but he's really not, and he can – you know, if he, if he becomes the, the Julio Jones successor, because Julio's rumored to either be on the move or, you know, it, but he's getting older and he's injury prone. So I had no problem doing that and trying to work him in with uh, this Arthur Smith offense, which I'm assuming is going to be just like what he had in Tennessee. A lot of play action. I mean, this is the perfect guy if you're going to try to run play action a matchup nightmare, get down into the red zone, and you guys still got to score a ton of points in this league. So Atlanta might not be any good, but it'll be fun. That's all you can hope for. If you're going to uh, be bad, at least be fun bad, right? Be fun bad. Be the Cardinals. Sure. Um, slight pushback on Arthur Smith, uh, being familiar with his work here in, in Tennessee. Yes, he did uh, uh, he, he did a ton of, of excellent stuff with uh, – with Ryan Tannehill, he unlocked Tannehill and he found a way to get the best out of his skill set. That's all true. He also did that with this guy at running back you may have heard of named Derrick Henry. He doesn't have that anymore. So that's all I'm saying is that the, the jury is still out as to how exactly great uh, Arthur Smith will be uh, working with an offense that doesn't have Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um, okay. Not saying it's not going to work, but just saying that the, the jury is out. Uh, I will so say – in defense of not just so much Arthur Smith, but in defense of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's been in the league, I believe, this will be 14 years now. It's been a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Would you believe he's in his 14th season probably, going into his 14th season? This is his first offensive-minded head coach. Yeah. Sit on that one for a minute, right? I mean, the first yeah. head coach that he has had. And he's probably having a Hall of Fame career. This will be the first head coach that he has had who has had an offensive slant, which is insane. I mean, we, we talk, we're talking about some, some, you know, Dan Quinn and, oh, God, Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, ugh, just a, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm interested to see um, what this offense could look like. They just, obviously their problem is, you know, now once you got that pick taken care of, they went very heavy. Uh, defense after that, which they should. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and Booger and Lewis Riddick uh, for Kyle Pitts were, were carping for him as well. They kept pointing out that if this guy really is the uh, uncomfortable target that they say he is, then when his contract comes up, he's not going to be wanting to, wanting to be paid like a tight end. He's going to say, hey, look, I'm basically the wide receiver. Uh, let, you know, let's pay me like that. So. Something to keep an eye on, but yeah, if, he, pro- I if knew, he produces like that, I'm fine with that. I, I knew he was highly regarded. I knew he was highly rated. I didn't know he was that highly rated that he may have been like the second best player in the in the draft, if not for uh, all the yeah, I'm, for, on the, for I'm on Yahoo. I have my Yahoo up. I have Yahoo Sports up because it tends to be the least like intrusive with ads. Um, he is the number two player on their board. Okay. So that's interesting. Uh, so best of luck to Atlanta for, for getting that kid. Looks like he's going to be uh, definitely someone to, to, to watch. Uh, 
Cincinnati needed to protect uh, Joe Burrow, who got smashed up his rookie year. Uh, and oh, they draft they a wide receiver. <laughs> and they don't do that. They take... I hope he can block. <laughs> <laughs> Jamar Chase, the uh, oh, LSU wide receiver. I, um, I, don't, I wonder if they do that, if if, if it, it wasn't a, a, a personal situation as far as Burrow played at LSU with Jamar Chase. I wonder if that connection – if, if that connection isn't there, if they do that or not. Well, he's um, definitely got himself a hype man for when he's in rehab after he gets destroyed again. <laughs> it, yeah, they can they can commiserate, I guess. Um, Jamar Chase wearing shades uh, indoors, so he thinks he's a, a star already. So, it, you know, he's one of those. He's one of those diva wide receivers, so maybe he'll be that good. Uh, I hope for Burrow's sake he is. Um yeah, I think they would have gotten O line if 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 Burrow didn't play with with Jamar Chase. That's just my my. There's no way to ever prove that. But that's just my after answer. what you just watched happen to your franchise, you know, quote unquote franchise yeah. quarterback, and and Joe Burrow played well for a garbage team. Mm-hmm. And this is you reward him by going and getting him a wide receiver. I mean, they they need weapons, so that's well, not completely. Yeah, but but they also need to protect from his ass. A wheelchair. Correct. I mean, so. you guess you could. I don't think they allow that in the <laughs> NFL. But. Right, you can just not in the National Football League. You, you can do that in the handicap league, but that's not what. This yes, is. wrong. Not league, yet, anyway. Which yeah. Joe Burrow might be on his way to if they don't get him from some protection. And if he is, and he can say hi to David Carr. Uh, so the Dolphins uh, take Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle, who's also wearing shades, so he thinks he's a star as well. Right. Uh, and of course, it's all point, of, it's all about getting the band back together. Apparently, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, these quarterbacks the, are all such divas that they gotta just have their guys. <laughs> it's my guy. Gotta get my guy. So Tua and Jalen Waddle, and of course, you know what's going through my mind at this point with these two receivers that are taken. I'm wondering what the Heisman winner is thinking of all of this. Uh, and I'm wondering what he did to piss people off because he's, he's still sitting there. I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> I heard it somewhere. I think you told me. I think you told me you saw him play, and he was pretty good. I did he, he at, made least, an at least I told you that before he won the Heisman. <laughs> this guy that won the Heisman, I saw he's him pretty, play, and you know what? He's pretty, he's pretty good. good. No, he jumped off the screen. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I was watching that game. It was like, oh, this guy's good. Oh, yeah. That's not my best moment. <laughs> All right, no, I, I, man. I'm telling you, that's what that's that's the essence of what we do. We we watch and we see who's good, and we point it out, and we say, "Hey, he's good." And you know, well, he, uh, that's all you can do is yeah, recognize well, apparently what you the, see. Apparently, the Bengals and the Dolphins, who both took receivers, did not care for my assessment. They didn't listen to you. You you're not on their payroll, so they they, they didn't listen to your your free advice. Uh, the uh, the, the massive offensive tackle, uh, Panay Sewell, who the Bengals probably should have taken, uh, yes. goes seven uh, to the Detroit Lions. It's uh, going to go bite some knees for, for Dan Campbell. And uh, <laughs> Booger had to remind me of, of the ridiculousness that is Dan Campbell, so I, I had to laugh at that again. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't – I still remember that press conference that, that Dan Campbell had, and I'm like, this guy does not belong – uh, in the NFL as a head coach. This guy is a crazy person. Um, and the other uh, press conference uh, over the over the offseason was whoever the Eagles hired uh, as their new head coach. I don't even remember yeah. his name, but no. he did not also uh, – it, it wasn't silly, 
like Dan Campbell, it was just he 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 didn't make any sense. Like he everything he said was like, what are you talking about? He just sounded like a space cadet. So that's another one. I don't I don't even know who he is. I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll find that it out. It must uh, take a he, special type to do that job, uh, or something. Uh, so the first defender off the board is uh, Joe Horn's kid, uh, J.C. Horn. As, as we start to feel old, all these former players. Oh, uh, no, no, I felt old drafted. on the – go to the next pick. That's when I felt old. <laughs> Patrick Sertan's kid, <laughs> the, oh, the Alabama quarterback. This. It's, not, it's not late enough for my kids to be asleep, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, I know I'm old. I watched his dad play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we've been around a while. We've been doing this a while. I thought Trin is you know, cute factor. Trin is she she does not hesitate to make old jokes about me. I will give her that. <laughs> well, you know, though at that age uh, we we certainly made our fair share of jokes about adults as well. I think we were watching some documentary about like the Titanic. And I think we were all sitting there, and she asked me if I remember when it happened or something like that, <laughs> along those lines. And <sighs> it, it comes with the territory, man. You know that. Yeah. She learned from. Hey, well, hey! It's kind of stuff I say to my mom. I asked them actually to say that. Hey, next time you guys see Grandma, <laughs> ask her, ask her if she was on the Titanic. Uh, so Joe Horn's kid gets taken uh, physical cornerback. Uh, Mel Kuyper was shocked at the pick uh, due to Carolina not choosing an offensive uh, line help or wide receiver help uh, for their new cor- uh, quarterback, Sam Darnold. So uh, they're, they're playing mix and match there, trying to figure out who's going to go where. And, and they were uh, – this is one of several uh, draft picks where Kuyper actually, like, his slack-jawed shock response uh, was something that Greeny had to point out and say, okay, got to get your reaction, Mel, because you're sitting over there completely shocked at this pick. So, uh, Mel, they, they didn't go the way Mel thought they would in, in some cases. Um, and like you said, Denver followed at nine with, with Pat Sertan. The uh, Alabama cornerback Booger said that he's the most fundamentally sound defender in the whole draft. So that's a, a good pick for Denver. Uh, you, you know, yeah, that's like always a perfect. A, that's a Vic Fangio pick, right? Yes, yeah. I was just about to mention. That's, uh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, that's a defensive-minded head coach. He couldn't care less about the. This is the team that played a, a guy off the street <laughs> at quarterback. Yeah, completely. You know, the, a wide receiver who happened to play corner uh, quarterback for like three plays uh, in college. Uh, yeah, that's uh, good enough. Go ahead. Go get him, kid. Uh, so Dallas deals number 10 to Philly, which is only two spots up uh, from yeah. where Philly was, so that Philly can get uh, the, the Heisman winner, the, the Devontae Smith, the guy who we've heard was which pretty Which is good. just hilarious because he's going to be torching the Cowboys for years. <laughs> uh, if Jalen Hurts and, and Devontae can, can hook up and get that connection going. Uh, you know, another Alabama connection. Smith has a, had a massive gold pin on his lapel. Yeah. Uh, consisting of his initials. And in the self-aggrandizing jewelry category, that's the winner. I thought that was actually pretty dope. 
I had never yeah. seen someone wearing their own initials uh, as a lapel pin. That before. is www.thebus36.com <laughs> level right there. That was pretty – yeah, that, that's right up there. That's uh, Look at me. That's, that was pretty good. That website needs um, to go into the Hall of Fame <laughs> or Hall of Infamy. Can we put a web – we can put anything we want in the Hall of Infamy. I might have to put we the got website. everything in there. Yeah. I put a porno movie into the Hall of Infamy. We could absolutely put a website into the Hall of Infamy. Yeah, why no, not? I like the pick. I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> he's, he's not bad. <laughs> So we're about to uh, run out of time on the live. We're going to end where we began. Yeah. At number 11, uh, your Uh your guy. With my guy. Uh, We'll continue that conversation on the after show. What I wanted to do was play the plugs uh, through the end of the live portion because we, we, no one knows where to find us. If they're listening live, no one knows about our podcast, about our Twitter handles, about anything. So if you're wondering uh, how to contact us, how to, uh, connect with the show uh, when it's not live. Uh, here's a little thing that I made up for everybody to hear that. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. All right, so that's just something I wanted to play. We have, we've done all these shows in the uh, off-season, and I don't believe I played our plugs once, just to let everybody know where we are social media-wise on Twitter. Um, where our podcast is located, how to contact us, email us, all that good stuff. So for anybody that was wondering about any of those things, there is all the info for that. Um, So I kind of said all I had to say about uh, Justin Fields. uh, Chicago desperate for QB help moves up to 11, give up their number one this year and next. Uh, Ryan Pace just loves giving up number one draft picks, boy. Um, So he does it again, obviously desperate. 
uh, takes Justin Fields. Uh, but of course, he might wind up after all is said and done. If Green Bay in, uh, does indeed get rid of Aaron Rodgers, Fields would have a real good shot at being the best damn quarterback in the division uh, in the NFC North. Uh, but I, I may be a bit uh, unobjective what, and biased. With about all that there. stiff competition from Kurt Cousins <laughs> and Jared Goff, you, you can only be uh, better than who than who's who's in front of you. you. You can only beat who's who's there on the field, right? Um, so your your thoughts on on Justin Fields? I've, I've said uh, all I was going to say about. Yeah, I mean, I did. Like I said, I, I understand why they did it. The coach and the GM are both fighting for their jobs, right? This is it. This is the you plant your flag at the top of the hill. This is you know this is you're going to either die on that hill or you know you're gonna you're gonna win the day. So I un, I totally understood it. This this is it seems like this is going to be their guy. So now they need to make make sure that the pieces are in place. They, they that's not a very that's, again it's a boring offense, which I agreed with that assessment. I'm like, yeah, I think we've said things to that effect. Um, it's supposed to be that Nagy's supposed to be this offensive genius, but we haven't seen the the creativity. And, and he had a, a mobile quarterback. We'd see flashes of that, but like we pointed out, they'll they'd start off with an idea and like give up. That you know that they they made the playoffs last year, right? With that Maybe offense, did. they made the playoffs, and that defense kept them in that game the whole game against the Saints, and they could muster more than thir- was it thirteen? It wasn't very pretty. Seven, it was bad. Uh, oh, that's right. They got like that. that. They got the last touchdown, but then opted not to go for the extra point or whatever. Oh, that was, right, that would have covered the number. Yeah, that was, that was the one that would have covered the number for me. Um, yeah. So there, it, it seems like there was a lack of creativity for what, for a team that's supposed to be an offensive genius. I, I hope they, I hope he gets the freedom to be terrible. That's what I worry about. I, I, I mean, we've seen this with first year, highly drafted rookie quarterbacks, Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning. I think the days of letting those guys go out and just be bad, their first year because you have to get the immediate reward. Like it's boomer bust right away. I think those days are over. They're, they're not going to let these guys have to come in and make an immediate splash or they just two years, like they do the Darnold to you. And like you've been saying, it's much easier to do that now because yeah. you're not necessarily married or committed financially as much uh, to, to these high quarterbacks as you were before in, in the olden days. Uh, so yeah, you can make that decision, and you know Mel Kiper thinks that the Jets moved on too quick from from Darnold. But yeah, yeah he, I think that's a little uh, bit more. Old, I think that's a little bit more of the old way of thinking, like that, that I might suffer from. It's it's not the draft. The draft and develop days are over. They, they might is, be. It is it is draft and produce now. That is it. Or exact, or move on uh, uh, almost instantly. And yeah, if you don't come he, out and you're Patrick Mahomes, if you don't come out, even Carson Wentz enjoyed a lot of success his first couple of seasons, right? Got MVP chance. That's how well he was playing. And, yeah, so he went for yeah, and look how fast they moved on from him. Look how fast the you know the Bears obviously for good reason moved off Trubisky, but that didn't last long. Darnold didn't last long. These Jimmy G, I think he still has a ridiculous winning percentage, and they're done. They're finished with them. They're Jared Goff, Super Bowl, two years ago. Get out. Done yeah, with you. So these teams, bags. They, they lose their shit over the quarterbacks now. The, the system allows them to. That's, I mean, we I get it. You draft a bad receiver. I mean, you know, I, I mean, 
I, I don't think you let J.J. Arcega-Whiteside do what he's done <laughs> three or four years before you just said, right? That's your guy. You love him. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I remember you had him as an X-Factor Ugh. or something like that in, in, in a game, in a playoff. Well, he was. Some, yeah? He was, he was a no-factor. <laughs> <laughs> There's X-Factors. That's a no uh, and then when I actually got to the point of the looking at the worst rookie in the draft, and I looked at that production and all oh, that was some of the worst rookie wide receiver production. And you don't usually expect big rookie wide receiver numbers. His were like he played well, in every game. Something for the amount of times they balls. threw at him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, you, if you're if you play at that comp at the quarterback position, it, you don't get a lot of rope anymore. And so Justin Fields has got to come out and make an immediate splash, or two years from now he'll he'll be gone. That's it. It's, it's and I don't agree understandable with understandable for, for the yeah, but old guys like me and Mel Kiper don't agree with that. <laughs> and understandable for the coaches and and management to yes. want to move on quickly because if they don't, then they're going to get, wind up getting thrown out along with the quarterback. So they're right, just trying to get he, the quarterbacks out of there before they get thrown out. Right. So if you don't come out and you're not Kyler Murray right away, you know, you're, you, you're not producing or at least if you're not Justin Herbert, right? He wasn't even supposed to start. Or Joe Burrow, just, just show something, just show, give some reason why right. you were drafted, put something on the tape that makes people go, okay, I yeah, see. Why. Even, okay. Even project yeah. his rookie season wasn't a, a shit show. He was. Like, he showed something. He showed some reason. There was. There were like the, there were like flashes. Yeah. There was yeah. like that. Oh, we can work with this. So you've mm-hmm. at least got to have that. You just can't come out and be awful. You which can't is, do which is why. It, which is why it just blows me away that like Baker Mayfield is still so highly regarded. Even he has flashes. He's just not a number one. He's, Baker Mayfield is surrounded by the most ridiculously talented team. <laughs> That it a, seems to play better the more they get hurt and, and the less guys that he has to, to deal with. Yes, yes. <laughs> when he had Odell Beckham, he sucked. Right. But strip him of all his weapons and, and just make him have to, to be fundamental? He's not bad. Okay. He, he's a guy. He's serviceable, <laughs> right? He, I mean, I'm just saying. That's the, that's the issue with him is he's down to number one overall quarterback by, by a long shot. Correct. That, that, that ding, he's, ding, he's, ding. Right. he's a guy. You take him over Trubisky, right? Yeah. Okay. You know what? Trubisky's done. He's over. He's in Buffalo. We're not, we're not talking about Trubisky anymore. Justin Mitchell Fields, Trubis- he's the man. Mr. Trubisky would have been an amazing quarterback in the NFL if this was 1983. <laughs> they would have loved that athleticism. They, they would have thought they'd never seen yeah. anything like that. They would have like, what, in a 56% completion percentage? You're going to the Hall of Fame, son. <laughs> And and seventy yard touchdown runs every now and then. Oh my God, we've never seen anything like it. <laughs> wow. All right. So yeah, that's my take on Justin Fields. He better make a quick splash, or it's just you know, too bad, so sad. Move on. Yeah. Coach will be fired. GM will be fired. He'll be one of these guys who gets five offensive coordinators for five years in a row. <laughs> you know, he'll be that guy. Well, depending on how uh, if, if Virginia McCaskey is awake yet, is you know we're still uh, or alive. Hello, anybody home? Are you are you are we doing the weekend at Bernie's with you here? Uh, depending on how fast she gets rid of, of Pace and, and Nagy, 
uh, Fields might go through four or five actual head coaches in seven years uh, before we figure out, you know, that's a whole nother situation is, is the management up top and the people that are making these decisions, who's, who's, who goes, who stays. I think a lot of organizations would have already gotten rid of uh, Nagy and, and, and Pace. I'm, I'm done with both of them myself. You were mad that the Bears had that run at the end. You wanted, you, you were, you were cheering them out. I wanted a total, total teardown. We, we've got the receipts. Out. We can pull the tape <laughs> mm-hmm. of how just disheartened you were that they had that little winning streak at the end of the season to sort of backdoor their way into the playoffs because I taunted you with that. Because I knew they wouldn't know damn you knew, good. You just knew that they had – this is no different than um, when Dan Quinn, right, <laughs> went on that little run two seasons ago to, to save his job. And I was like, all right, you know – Give them a little rope, and then after, you know, they just kept giving them more rope. Like, you can't keep doing the, no. It's like <laughs> they just gave them too much rope. That was the problem. Yeah, exact same thing, where you were done with the guy before they were done with the guy, because you knew. But I don't get the sense with this draft pick that those guys are on a, a quick hook. Like, if the Bears start one and four, that it's like, that's it, you're out of here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is that I don't know how uh, deep in – that Pace and Nagy are. Everyone else is saying that this is it, and if they don't turn yeah. it around, you know, immediately, then they're gone. I, I don't I know that for get, sure. I don't. I think I they don't at know. least get the full season. I, I don't know. We have to ask Virginia, and Virginia might not be there. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, is she running the show? From what I hear, she's still running the show. She's a hundred fucking okay. years old, and and everything still goes. Was, her and look, sister Jean must be hanging out. Give me that fountain of youth, whatever they're drinking. Um, I, from what I hear, it's a little bit like uh, the Vince McMahon in, in WWE, that he's not making the decisions, but everything still has to be approved by him. Like, but, like the not... queen. She's like the queen. <laughs> she doesn't Virginia's... actually run England, but you got to right. at least, like, you know, pretend. Virginia's not doing anything day-to-day at all, but anything that gets done, she has to, get the, she has to give the approval, basically. So. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how all that shakes down. I, I'm not worrying about any of that, however, for the rest of the summer. Three, four, five months of celebrations for Bears fans. Justin Fields is the man we're all celebrating. I, I got my, my I, Bible. I got I my rosary. I got my prayer my prayer beads. I got everything. Hoping I, and wishing and praying that this, we this need to pull. We, we need to pull Renard in uh, oh. for a show. We got to get him on. You um, think I'm uh, over the moon and, and praying and, and sunny side of the street. He, oh, he's reason, all the And way that's up. just the reason that I want to get him on. <laughs> I want to see how he reacts to my reality. For You know, <laughs> like you took it like I think you kind of knew what I was bringing. I'm, yeah. I, again, you asked me what would I think if I didn't have the Bears glasses on. Right. And yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother different. Uh, yeah, I don't know situation. what the white thing is with the left brain, right brain. You know which one's like the more like emotional, artistic side. You're definitely on that side of your brain for Justin Fields. Welcome to Soldier Fields, baby. Woo! Yeah. Let's go. You've got, yeah, but you've got the devils on your shoulders. Like you, you are willing. At least you're open to the opposite argument. <laughs> like you understand where I'm coming from. You don't. You, you can disagree because you got the glasses on, right? 
mean, you you did have like an all Big Ten like running through the the NCAA bracket. You went all Homer. This is the year of Homerism for you, apparently. Not going to even worry about it. Not thinking about it. You can't bring it's a white can't Sox. nobody it's bring a white me Sox down in the World Series. Or something. I mean, it's just, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can't day. wait till the football show. You have the Bears winning the Super Justin Fields MVP, Rookie of the <laughs> Year. Bears are going to go fifteen and two because we have seventeen games now, and uh, now we so week eighteen now becomes the week of the coin. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, we knew the 17 was coming uh, at some point, and we know the 18 is coming uh, probably a couple years from now yeah, after that. Yeah, eventually. They'll just get rid of, completely get rid of the preseason. Yes, which is fine by me because yeah. I don't even watch You know, if they, just, if they want to just do like inner teams, they want to do more scrimmages and things along those lines and just not have it in a game format and, and, and do some, you know, have some contact, you know, practices. and inter- I'm okay with stuff like that. If it makes the just don't give me four weeks of preseason in the regular season. I mean, that's gonna kind of happen. There's no way to avoid that. I mean, if they don't have those games, those real preseason games to, to hit and and knock the yeah. rust off of the of the off season, then it just that's just logically is gonna have to be week one, week yeah. two, week three are those those games. That's just that's how it's gonna just be. Because yeah, the what was it the we. The, the injury reports that we were going through after the first couple of weeks of the season, were just, it was like half the league. Yeah, it was bad. So I know, yeah. I, I know the NFL is a next man up, you know, that's, it's, you're not rooting for the player. You're rooting for the helmet. I get that. But for a league that says it says, quote unquote says it cares about the safety of its players. You got to, like clean these things up a little bit. You couldn't even get that out of your mouth with a straight face. You know no. how much I even had to go air is. quotes. I had to air quotes yeah. that. You already know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, a couple more picks, and then we'll get to the final uh, quarterback taken in the first round. Uh, that Dallas defense, which loves to give up 20 in the first half last year, every single game. Man. Well, Sean uh, Lee retired. Didn't you know? Uh, they had to replace him immediately. Uh, Penn State linebacker you know, Micah many, Parsons. What, what's your over under for Sean Lee still getting name dropped during Cowboys Sunday Night Football games? Because they're still going to talk about him, and uh, at least twice, at least two mentions, maybe one in the pregame yeah. when they anytime, talk about already, or any time a running back runs missed. up the middle and hits a big hole. Oh, that's where Sean Lee normally would have been patrolling. Oh, well, they really could have used Sean Lee right there, Al. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, man. Let me let me tell you, Al, you know who I'm missing right here? I'm missing Sean. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, at least uh, over under he two sh- mentions. You know what? Make him the, they should just make him the third man on the Sunday night football booth. <laughs> I don't know. They might be holding that for Jason Witten to give him another chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think Booger yeah. or Jason Witten are ever getting a death. They're getting a chance. <laughs> they're, they're getting a chance when uh, Dennis Miller gets another chance. Damn. I think Rush Limbaugh might get another chance before. Oh, I knew you were going there. <laughs> uh, and he's dead. The ghost of Rush Limbaugh. The ghost of Rush Limbaugh is going to be in the booth talking about the media is desirous uh, of a black quarterback <laughs> to be successful. You don't think NBC is desirous to have uh, Booger or, or it's Jason Still, Whitten might actually be the only time I've ever actually heard the word "desirous" is in that <laughs> quote. 
That's that's true. You don't hear that word very often. No. Uh, so the Cowboys, uh, uh, I'd like the tape on Micah Parsons. Uh, it's a need. It, they, you know what? I will give credit to teams who don't lose their shit on day one and draft. Uh, and they stick to a plan. The Cowboys stuck to a plan. They drafted an area of need. That's a winning pick. Parsons made a lot of leaping grabs on the tape, and he made a lot of leaping grabs on the stage. I don't know if you saw the uh, the hug that he gave Roger Goodell. He almost I was him waiting to hear Roger Goodell's back break. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought I was going to hear bone snap when he landed on Roger Goodell. That was quite the uh, quite the man hug. Uh, yeah, Goodell, you I mean, want to hug? I thought I was watching again? dirty. Here dancing. you go. I thought it was like, a little dirty, you know. A little dirty yeah. dancing for that one. You Look, said, uh, the only thing would have been better is if Goodell would have started spinning him. <laughs> Kid just yeah, puts his arms out Goodell and Goodell just starts right? spinning him up on the stage. Yeah, that would have been a little odd. Now I've had the time of my life. Uh, the Clippers uh, take the offensive tackle Rashawn Slater that, from Northwestern. And, yeah, who that everybody loved that pick on NFL Network. And there's another, again, a team with a rookie quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Drafting an like understanding the value in protecting the quarterback. They didn't draft him a wide receiver. It's not a sexy this. pick. It doesn't make a splash. But yeah, apparently this kid from Northwestern is just a mauler. I never heard this uh, description before. Lewis Riddick described uh, Rashawn Slater. Uh, he was describing his excellent footwork. He said he had, quote, typewriters for feet, unquote. I guess that means oh. he's really delicate that and dancing around. That shows and... your age because you lost yes. half your audience when you just said typewriter. Daddy, what's a typewriter? What's a typewriter? Yeah. <laughs> like I've never heard that thug. before. A <laughs> uh, what? Uh, what's a roll of that? De- oh. Uh oh. Is that that old watch you guys wear? It's like a rotary phone. <laughs> what, huh? Uh, walk, all right, and then. All right, so then the Patriots get the 15, and, and Mac Jones is, is there for them from Alabama. Uh, well, any impression on Mac Jones? The Jets, the Jets, though, also went O line to double up. On you know because they got that second pick after Zach Wilson, so that made sense. They I believe moved into that spot to jump up for another you know highly top. So I so don't want to sell that one too short because of uh, you know we did talk about the Jets you know and Mel Kiper wasn't happy about them moving off of Darnold and now here you are they're drafting Wilson and then the very next pick is a, a move to complement him. And it feels like they're doing stuff for Zach Wilson they never did for Sam Darnold. Right, that is why I guess I'd skipped it in my mind because I already talked about that they yeah. were but that getting all these guys around the pick and and, and uh, Donald sitting at home going, "Oh wow, that's interesting." That's uh, I, I Mac, Mac Jones is kind of a he's kind of a guy. I, I mean, you know, he clearly uh, talks the game. I, I didn't understand when he started when they did his interview and he said that. He was going to the greatest franchise in NFL history. I was like, eh. that's he something a twenty-year-old or twenty-two-year-old would say. He just got drafted by them. What's he supposed to say? Uh, I don't think, did anybody who got drafted by the Broncos or the Cardinals or the Seahawks <laughs> or say that just got drafted by the no? So, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the only greatest a handful franchise of... 
of his lifetime, his lifetime, probably, yeah, a little cringe, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the, the moxie and the, the gusto and uh, – Like his moxie. He's a, he's a guy. He leaves the league in guts. There's only like three or four franchises someone could say that about in the league, and that's one of them. So I, I don't have a problem with that. In history, like the league oh, uh, history, it's, it's going to be them or the Steelers or the or the boys, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm thinking the entire history of the, like the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm going way back. I mean, you're talking, the, you know, yeah, Cowboys. Steelers, but he's, like you said, Packers. he's 20-something, so his history yeah, he's is not So in his here. life, yes, the Patriots are yeah. the best team of his lifetime, without a doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's I all that matters to him. He had a very ESPN take on that. The history is apparently only started when ESPN started, or it's within the last five years. Or if it happened right. last night, something that happened last night will immediately go into the top ten of the greatest things like that that ever happened. Instant Classic. Brought yeah. to you by Fully Vaccinated. I already kind of crapped on Mac Jones a little bit when I was talking about the, the is it him or is it the receivers? Both. Yeah. And so, eh, the, the Patriots clearly needed a quarterback. I, I guess that Cam Newton's still going to be around there. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, you know, they get another season to try and coach him up, but I don't know. Um, I mean, he... Not a real big arm, little accurate, good accuracy. Not a real big arm. Sounds familiar. Sounds like a Patriots quarterback. I'm, we all remember. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm so scared that this guy's going to turn out to be Brady Part Two. Yeah, he just is uh, a. He becomes more of a, you know, like a like a surgeon out, you know, and just it just you know, and if that's just the Josh McDaniels running those little little timing routes and rub routes and. Mac Jones is a statue, but you can't get to him because the ball's out quick. If that's what it turns into, and they're just trying to basically try to draft the next Tom Brady, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's method to the madness. I don't put anything past Bill Belichick. That's exactly what I'm scared of. The McDaniel's gets a quarterback that isn't, uh, you know, completely a, a statue. Gets a younger, you know, little more athletic yep. and just. Do what you what you're told. Just get coached up and, and don't try to, to be Superman. Just do what we need you to do to win football games. We'll put the defense around you and take care of that end. And you just do you and, and just get coached and, and don't try to you know be anything more than what you are. And if and I'm afraid that if he does that, he might have uh, as long a career as Brady. I'm not saying you know five six rings anything stupid like that. I'm just saying you know, longevity and consistency and perennial playoff contender and always, you know, every time you look up, oh, there's the Patriots again, they're they're in the playoffs again, they're, you know, in the conference title game again. Uh, so that's what I'm uh, scared of as far as uh, that goes. Uh, I can very easily see that happening. Um, I, I yeah, like I how he – No, okay. I was just saying, I like how he quick walked from the back area there so fast that you, you thought he yeah. was a Saudi Arabian hostage getting released. He was just so happy to get the hell out of there. <laughs> I think he I think he wanted to make sure that you get a maybe if it runs out there fast enough, they won't, they can't change their mind. Yes, <laughs> before they change the pick around. Uh, yeah, the obvious comps to Brady um, got breathlessly spit out by by Kuiper and the guys up there. That's uh, uh. understandable. Uh, you know, the measurables, the lack of speed, the reliance on accuracy, um, all of that. 
uh, yeah, just kind of frightening from a, you know, a standpoint of somebody who watches a lot of football like we do. And we saw what they did with the six round draft pick, Tom Brady, which God, just, uh, if they have anything close to that with Mac Jones, again, it's just going to be nauseating. Well, you know, um, and I think to the production, this is, you know, I think to the production that they got, even when Brady wasn't there, that they got production out of guys, right? They got production out of Matt Castle. They got production mm-hmm. out of Jimmy G. They got production out of Jake Brisket, right? They, they, they would, these were their guys. They were, Cam Newton doesn't fit that mold, right? I don't know how coachable Cam Newton was for them. I don't they, know they, if coaching was the problem. Did, I think he broke down physically. He did, and they were also I, – I think he forced them out of their comfort zone to try to adapt the offense to his strengths, and it just it never really looked right. I mean, when their whole offense was predicated on get it down to the one-yard line so Cam Newton can get destroyed. <laughs> you know, but, 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 but he's got at least four tries. So if, if, he does, if he gets – you know, he's only got to get in once, he can get destroyed the other three. <laughs> All he's got to do is get it once. Doesn't it just never looked like the Patriots' offense, you know? And I don't think they had, they had no faith in Jared Stidham. So no, God no. So if Jones becomes, you know, obviously Jones running that offense, even if he's you know sixty percent, seventy percent as effective and efficient as what Brady could do in that offense in that system. Yeah, I said the S word. Hmm. You're your, your uh, guy, your system yeah. quarterback. He's the goat. <laughs> goat is he's the goat. Uh, the system quarterback goat. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it could be. It, this could be a sneaky uh, success. And I think the Patriots have some rebuild time. This is the Bills division, probably for a few years yet. So it's not like you have to get an immediate ascension. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on the. Dolphins, uh, I'm not sold on the Jets, so I, I, I could see the Patriots battling it out for you know, second place uh, this season coming up. Espen showed a picture that Mac Jones drew at age seven, where he fantasized oh. about being a football player, Uh-oh. and to show that how you know that dreams come true and all that stuff. Uh, so that's beautiful, that's wonderful, that's that's uh, human element and, and all of that good oh. stuff. Uh, but I got to say, you didn't see this picture because you weren't watching uh, the ESPN telecast, but the amount of misspellings and oh, grammatical sure. errors, um, he's seven, I understand that, but the, uh, some of the just easiest words you could think of that were misspelled and just, uh, that dreaming of becoming a quarterback, he had to be a football player. He had to become a, a quarterback. He couldn't have been anything else. I don't think this guy's very bright. Um, uh, I, and, you know, I can tell you with a six-year-old and a nine-year-old in this house, and my kids are, are smart. Um, your they, kids I are going to be grammatically fine because they're you I and, and your, your wife's kids. The, I don't think they put the premium in school on, on spelling and grammar like they used to. Now that I agree with. Uh you know, not that I have kids at all, but I've seen, you know, among my cousins and some other people I've talked to uh, with their kids, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, well, all you got to do is get correctly these, is not all you valued. Do is, yeah, all you got to do is get these kids to be 12 and then the phone will auto-correct everything for them. <laughs> that's, that's true, if they want to, because a lot of them misspell things on purpose once they get that age because they want to be cool. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Q with a, with a K-E-W-L. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. 
Um, yeah, you're, but you're right. They don't teach handwriting. They don't uh, care as much about uh, grammar, vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know exactly what they're teaching, but it's not what we were learning. That I will 100% agree with without getting into broad details. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, the flow of the sh- of the of the telecast was was really bad. The flow of the draft it, that not ESPN's fault. I don't want to say the telecast necessarily, but the flow of the draft itself was bad. They were halfway through the first round, and it was two and a half hours into the show. That's that's rough. That's bad layout. Bad space. It was a it was a long first round. It was As four you said, hours. There were, musical uh, inter interludes uh, interspersed yeah. in between there it was it was very strange um but yeah it was uh, it, it i guess it could have been a worse telecast looking at the ESPN side of it cuz blessedly uh like i was saying greeny minimized the attempt at humor he tried to sort of blend in while being the you know the clear leader at the desk so i was uh thankful for that he he really did do a decent job uh, trying to be the straight man instead of trying to yeah. be the entertaining, uh, funny guy. Still not the worst draft experience. I've had worse. The worst draft experience I had was the year where everybody decided that they were going to cut to the 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 video of the guy getting the phone call before the pick was even announced. <laughs> it, they had a few years where that's what they were doing, and it got really bad. And then I remember now it got so bad that they stopped doing it. Right, they they like cut they, it out. The, like the actually said, came doing in it. and said, "We are not going to keep doing this." So you you've got all these guys speculating about who's going to get picked while this is they're talking over the video of the guy getting the Some call. Of the guys sitting there talking with the team saying, "Yeah, thank you, appreciate it." Well, I think so it's going to be this guy. Guys. Well, that's real genius because he's literally on video right now. Or even better, they're speculating it's going to be somebody else as they're cutting to the guy getting the phone right. call who's somebody different. And everything that you just said made you sound like an idiot. You know so what? I think it's going to be out. the guy that's on on the phone crying right now. I, I'm I'm going to take a guess it's going to be him. <laughs> I'm glad they stopped with that. Yes, I am too. And, um, and they, uh, they didn't. We didn't have the sad, uh, sad eyes of any of the guys who precipitously dropped this year. Yeah, Mac Jones was the closest to that. They weren't really hammering in on him in the back area of right. the, what used to be the green room. Uh, but like I said, you could just tell that he was happy when he got well, drafted to the, be out of there. As the board was setting up, you you could see he wasn't getting past fifteen. You could just see it. Mm-hmm. As as you were watching these teams line up, because you're like, they don't need a quarterback, they don't need a quarterback, they don't need a quarterback. Okay, Fields goes to the Bears because they moved up. Although, tell me you didn't half expect them to just draft Mac Jones <laughs> just because yeah. they're the Bears. Um, exactly. Once the Bears jumped up and took Fields, and you looked at the three teams after Fields, which was the Cowboys don't need a quarterback, the Chargers definitely don't need a quarterback, and the Jets are stupid, but they're not that stupid. <laughs> so, yeah. So that made so to me, and then you looked after that. They wouldn't have, if the Jets drafted two first-round quarterbacks. Just let them put them in the Thunderdome and duke it out. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Why not? I mean, we had that uh, RG three, and then you had what three rounds later, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> right? I just saw RG3 today uh, throwing shade at Cousin Still, saying that he's collecting Man. checks up there in Minnesota. It's like, damn. <laughs> he still isn't over it. Uh, the, I think Kirk Cousins has more playoff wins than RG3. 
Mm. Didn't RG3 yep. get to that first playoff game against Seattle and just disintegrate? Leg shredded, yeah. But nobody touched him? Like, he literally, like, fell apart like the Blues Brothers car right there on the <laughs> field? Cause his like, legs he just pulled up to the Daily Center and just... <laughs> Everything fell off. His leg was shredded going into the game, but he played through it anyway yeah. until the, until he couldn't. Well, that was, that was some Shanahanigans, I believe. Yes, it was. So, yeah, no, I yeah, it's, it's great that RG3 wants to talk crap about Yeah, but getting RG3 to run your segment about talking crap about Kirk Cousins, it's kind of like getting <laughs> Tim Tebow <laughs> <laughs> to give you a quarterback <laughs> seminar about uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yes. So, yeah, don't be going to get Kirk, uh, RG3 to throw shade on Kirk Cousins. Because I think he might uh, still be a little salty about that. It sure seems like he is. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> we're gonna get, are we gonna, are we get, what's the next thing we're going to get about five years from now after Aaron Rodgers, if he's out of the leagues, to, they're going to bring him in, throw some shade on Jordan Love? This guy sucks. I don't know why the Packers drafted him. He's just collected paychecks. What a bum. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the ESPN side of it, I actually would give it like a solid B. Um, I think the one okay. uh, was another drinking game. The, the other issue that I had was anytime that there was a pick of a player that Greeny hadn't studied and clearly didn't know anything about, he would say, hmm, that's interesting or that's intriguing. That, that was another uh, game to play. That when, he, when he didn't know anything about the guy, hmm, interesting pick here, uh, uh, Mel. Yeah, throw it over. Throw it to somebody. Yeah, yeah that was the Alex Leatherwood pick. That was the Raiders <laughs> pick. That was the one that stumped everybody. Yes. Yeah, he had to get it to somebody who knew what they were talking about because he had no idea, clearly. Um, were there any other uh, picks in the first round that uh, that you wanted to comment on that stood out? Uh, well, of course, we had to have the uh, the band back together pick because you had to have Travis Etienne go to Jacksonville just just because. He's, he's Clemson. you got to get the Clemson guys. Uh, I never have seen a draft like this before. <laughs> uh, did not understand for the life of me. I, I know we missed this. We, didn't get, we haven't heard from Bryce uh, since the uh, Cleveland uh, thing. Yep. Yeah, so he's, he's, we, yeah, we know what happens. You know, we we know mm-hmm. where Bryce kind of like goes goes dark when the when the Steelers are getting rocked. That's fine. Gotta, did not understand. Did not understand a court, uh, a running back. I'm sorry, as a first round pick for, for a first team with just a 40 year old quarterback in a decimated offensive line. That's not going to help you. Najee Harris uh, from Alabama might be um, a nice I mean, player, but yeah, they, and they clearly needed a yeah. back. Yes, but you know there's running backs later in the draft. I mean, the fifth leading yeah. rusher in the NFL last year was undrafted. Yeah. And they still drafted a running back this year. They're like, screw you, James Robinson. Um, and and also, the another issue that I'm worried about with Harris is looking at his film, uh, a lot of hurdling tacklers on Harris's Which highlight reel. Oh, are you starting to say, is this a little Trey Lance comp here? Uh, he's going to get hurt trying that shit in the NFL. You keep trying to jump over guys, and someone's going to light you up. Yeah, or they're going to stand up, which is even worse. Whoa. And, and either uh, make you a eunuch uh, yeah. or or flip you over head over heels and you land on your head and do a Don Beebe. Correct. Either one you don't want. 
So, yeah, a lot of hurdling, uh, which is fine in college. Don't do that. I, you know, Alabama, though, running backs have some – there's a pedigree there, right? Sure, sure. Ingram, Henry, that's fine. Okay. I don't hate the player. I hate the pick. Don't hate the player. hate the game. Yeah, that's where you were going. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then the Jaguars immediately go and get a running back, at, which I didn't know the Jaguars were in the position after going 1-15 of being in a luxury pick position. I, I know it was their second first-round pick. This did this didn't this reeked to me of a team that thinks that they're way better than they really are. But to me, it reeks of uh, Urban Meyer is their coach, and he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, that that too. <laughs> they were interviewing Urban Meyer, and I was trying to to fill in what he was saying um, when they were talking to him about you know the draft and you know the, how excited he is for the season and. Uh, I was waiting for him to say something along the lines of, yeah, it's, it's, e- it's easy when you can legally pay the players. Oh. <laughs> you know, say it. they can say that for any kind. Yeah! It's way less stressful when you can pay these guys above the table. That's a little too honest. I don't think any coach is ready oh. to do that. <laughs> it's a little too honest. Uh, Every, all the eyes were on the Packers with the with the Rodgers uh, mm-hmm. drama. Like, oh, we're going to go, they're going to go, and they're going to get them a weapon. No, Packers are kind of going to Packer. Uh, They've remained steadfastly committed to never know, helping their passing game, ever. They, I, with that I said, that was still the, like, the number one offense in the league last year, I believe. Oh, okay, that's fine. But with Aaron Rodgers that was the and, MVP. And, it's guys, right? Aaron yeah. Rodgers and, 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 and the three-headed running attack, which is now a two-headed running attack because Jamal Williams is gone. Um, they, they, uh, they didn't lose – did they lose that NFC Championship game because of their offense? No. They lost that game because of one dude. <laughs> I believe that was well, Kevin King. He was but also as a – but also, as I said, the protect, protection. It eventually was going to come in that and, well. and, and bite them. That as well. So the Packers' uh, first uh, first three picks are corner, <laughs> center, wide receiver. So there's your shopping list. Bing, bing, boom. It's just funny that in the first round they – Yeah, nope. when you're supposed to send the message <laughs> to your franchise Hall of Fame quarterback that we got your back. And, 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 no, they are – Nope. They, pa- Packers going to Packer. They they are steadfast in their uh, they they have a plan and they're sticking to it. And that plan is to take Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia, in the first round. Fuck you, Aaron yep. Rodgers. Yes, uh, I, I couldn't help but chuckle at that, of course. Um, now, how about uh, the Ravens doing what the Packers maybe should be doing and trying to load up and get good receivers for for Lamar Jackson? They go. Rashad Bateman in the first round. I still don't get it. Uh, look, get, their, problem, better... their problem isn't receivers. It's the guy throwing the football. But you 100% cover that and make sure every the world knows what the problem is once you get him actual receivers, right? Lamar, Lamar Jackson better give this Rashad Bateman guy eight targets a game because he – doesn't have any other better options on the team. 
And once he does that and still can't get him the ball because he's not very good at quarterback, then there's yeah. no argument. I mean, yeah, it's it's basically what's that offense? Hollywood Brown, right? The tight end. Right, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. Andrews, yeah, and then Hollywood Brown. So this becomes sort of like the third guy. And uh, you know, they have J.K. Dobbins. They have they have they have they can. We we know the Ravens can run. I'm talking about the passing game, which they clearly yeah. need that in order to win playoff games. The running game is great. Number one in the league running yes. every year is fine until you get to the playoffs and you have to actually throw the ball every now and then. Yeah, Mar- ask Marlon Humphreys, but he knows all about that. Yeah, he's got some and thoughts. The, <laughs> the Ravens clearly have a a move. They they have that go to move, and that go to move is dominate regular season and go one and done in the playoffs. That's the Ravens move, right? That's what I hear. That's what I keep hearing and from their, their guys and, in the locker room. And show up ridiculously small offensively in the playoffs as well. So Maybe we had that really season where Lamar Jackson had multiple five touchdown games, and then they got to the playoffs, and they looked like they set offensive football back seventy years. Yes. So well, I get I, I, I get what it. you're saying. You're saying that you have to load that offense up so much that you can then point to Lamar and go, it's you. Yeah, either he gets better as a quarterback and makes these weapons look good and the offense does what it's supposed to do, or you no longer have any excuses for him and you know what you right. what you got to do. The problem is that team is good on defense and so well coached that they can win 10 to 12 games every year, even with Lamar Jackson, <laughs> right? Yeah, they can, but I think the – the, uh, yeah. The fan the noise base will eventually around, tire, right? Everybody yeah, will tire of say, this. The, yeah. Not just not just the fans, but everybody uh, in football, you know, talking you know, on, on the networks where talking about the Ravens every time they, they go you know, every time they go twelve and four or thirteen or twelve and five or whatever it's gonna be, um, and get to the playoffs and, and host host a playoff game and get embarrassed at home, which has happened, you know, too too many times now. And if it happens a few more times, then everyone's gonna know what's going on. And if we see Lamar Jackson and – I mean, Phil Rivers made a career out of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, it's not quite couple, like this. They though. had a couple in deep playoff runs, right? They got to an NFC, uh, AFC championship game a time or two, but they were really good for a really long time. And you just kind of knew they weren't going to the Super Bowl. I think that's what the Ravens are. The Ravens are like the new Philip Rivers Chargers. I don't know if that's a good comp, but yeah, it's not exact. But I, I understand where you're going with that. They're you good know, enough. You, you know right. they're really good, and you the also problem. know they're not getting anywhere near a Super Bowl. Right. And the problem is, is they're too good to just change horses midstream on the quarterback if they keep going. 12 and four or, you know, 12 and five, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. start getting used to this. Yeah. But if they're winning somewhere between 10 and 12, 10 and 13 games every year with Lamar Jackson and he's filling up the stat sheet, but no, they, uh, you clearly last year could look at that Ravens off. We talked about it in length on this show. I mean, a lot of that was, you know, we were getting calls from Bryce from Brooklyn who loves dunking on the Ravens. Yeah. Um, but, it was correct. You could look at an offense that was clearly, it wasn't boring like the Bears. It was broken, I think was the word that we used for the Ravens offense all the time. Yeah. And, and 
this is one of the uh, the steps you take to fix a broken office is just keep getting weapons and until it's not broken anymore. And if it continues to remain broken, then you know what you're dealing with and you got to right. act accordingly. Yeah, because John Harbaugh, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's, and he shouldn't. He's, he's a I mean, damn good coach. He's probably he's a top top five coach in the league, top three even. He's one of the yeah. best coaches. That that is the Ravens do not ever get the stupidest team in football. They, they they're sound offensively, they're sound defensively. They're not sound offensively, but you know what I mean. They have been previously sound offensively, right? Parts and, of them are very sound. When, when yes. you road grade and and have the number one running team every year, then that's obviously sound. It's easy though to have the number one rushing attack when the quarterback runs for a thousand yards. That's a big part of it, yes. That was that's no different than the the DVD, right? Sure. You know, little little old school Atlanta reference there for people. They you know you you know Dunn, Vic, and Duckett, I believe, were the mm-hmm. DVD. Uh, you, all you need is Lamar and two serviceable NFL running backs, and you're going to lead the league in rushing. Lamar and dudes. Yeah, because do we know how good J.K. Dobbins? I forget the other guy who's decent. Um, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards, yeah. So are they just? I mean, if Gus Edwards or J.K. Dobbins get traded to another team, they're probably kind of just guys, right? Possibly. Yeah. So we don't know. (laughs) We don't really know. Don't know, but yeah, that's that's a team that'll probably run for twenty five hundred yards again. No problem. Again. But then the other half of it, the other end, that's what needed addressing, the uh, the, the aerial yes. part of it. At some point, you have to put actual points up on the board. At some point, you're going to have to come from behind, which they cannot do. And to come from behind, you have to go through the yeah. air. You can't come from behind by running the ball. That's just uh, Right. They are, the, they are the most front-running team. The only team I have ever seen – uh, come from behind running the football was uh, the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, his rookie year. Uh, like the Cowboys would get down 17, and they were just like, nah. Jason Garrett, nah, we're still running this football. <laughs> we're still running. That was like, the, I was like, finally, I was starting to like, I was starting to like, oh, is Jason Garrett learning? And then, nah, he didn't learn no, anything. No. Learn how to clap. Yeah. Yay! We're going to keep running. Yay! Got to love the clapper. Um, Yeah, a couple more uh, observations I had. Uh, My Titans perpetually looking for wide receivers and DBs. They had a pretty good draft as far as that goes. They go uh, Caleb Farley, the cornerback in the first round, who had something called microdisectomy back surgery all the way back in Mm. March. Well, that's way past, better than testicular torsion. Uh, it is, as far as what you would want to endure, but it also sounds very painful. And this is a thing. This is a thing for the Titans. They just love drafting hurt guys and, and hoping that they, they pan out. So uh, good luck on, on that uh, again. Um, so hopefully that works. Uh, solid pick uh, by the Colts at 21. I, I got to uh, give props to the Colts because they, they're – rapidly becoming like one of my favorite teams in the league. Like the, not just the way they're put together, but the way they do it on the field um, is, is just a, is something a little different about them. Like they got a, they got an edge. Um, they got a, an attitude. 
Um, I think Phillip Rivers had a little to do with that last year. Of course, he's gone now. I was going to say, don't but, forget their quarterback is now Carson Wentz. <sighs> Although we, I, you I and did, I did not. I did forget. I wanted to forget. You and, you and I did not crap on that move. I mean, they didn't give up much, I don't think. And he gets reunited with Frank Reich. And that's the thing that if he if he does return to that form, that's probably how it's going to happen, right? Yeah, that's but like you're the a, only way. You're, you're apparently a quitty pay guy. I'm a I'm a quitty pay guy from from Michigan. Uh, Big Ten, that's uh, why. Because you're become a Big uh, Ten homer all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, because it's uh, no, it's not because of Big Ten. It's because it's more help for the league's I think most underrated defense. I don't. I think oh, yeah. people are sleeping on the Colts and they just they had the they had the Bills on the ropes. And, and they load up again. I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, no, they'll be they'll be still that division's a dumpster fire now. That division is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you still got Tennessee, and Jacksonville will probably win more than one game. And but Houston's a joke. And yeah, that's Indian Indian Tennessee, right? I mean, that that's the division. Unless uh, Trevor Lawrence really is that you know that dude and, and turns everything around, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. This year, I mean, you saying, go from yeah, go from I mean, like I mean, even going from one win to five or six would be like, hey, good job, kid. If he's that dude, they might go to like seven or eight. I'm not, I'm not predicting it. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, like well, that's that's still not going to get you to the playoffs. I mean. It's, it, it gets you into a, a solid, maybe you're, you're contending for second place. The Colts and the Titans. I mean, the Colts for sure. I think the Colts, if Carson Wentz is any good at all, are a double-digit win team again. I would believe. I'll agree with that. Are they doing the seven playoff teams again? Or are they going back to normal? I don't know. Do they know? I haven't heard. I, if they said, I didn't hear it, so I don't know. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't and hate I it think either. Also, I think also now by going to the, I would say you didn't add any weeks to the playoffs by doing that. Right. But I think after a 17 week regular season, two teams should still get the buy. I I liked the idea of only one team getting the buy because I think teams played for more late than they had before. I agree with that. So I, I think if that is a competitive balance issue, so we don't have those weeks, what would now be week 17 and week 18, like meaningless matchups, you know, where, where mm-hmm. nobody's playing. We didn't even have that this year that bad in week 17 because you had teams that were still playing for seeding because you know, there were a lot of teams, you know, there were teams nobody really had that number one seed like all sewn up. Yeah, so there's a chance. Just- there's pros and cons to it. Um, yeah, I just in general want the uh, the the. Uh, it was so streamlined the way it was with the uh, four wild card games and then the two teams yeah. with the buy and then leading right into the four playoff games the next weekend. Yeah. Well, that that six that that those two triple yeah wild card game that was just that was football overload. That was bonkers. That was a you had games weekend. going from noon until ten, both nights, both days, two days in a row. It, it was wild. That's why it's yeah. wild card weekend. 
what was it, Super Mega Wicked Awesome Wild Card Weekend? <laughs> 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 we have to pull the tape on that because we had a pretty lengthy description because they were going a little over the top on it. So, so did we. They're doing it again with the branding of this season because they're doing the schedule drop, I think, next oh, week. Oh, I saw that. They couldn't stop pumping that. Like, I'm not marking my calendar for... For a schedule release? Yeah. Like, this is now a holiday or something? And because it's 17 games, they got the branding for that. It's the longest season in NFL history. They kept pushing that as well. Which is uh, a special week 17 edition of week 16. (laughs) It's the longest season ever. When they go to 18, are they going to do that shit again? Just wait now because we get to hear about all the records being quote unquote broken. Uh, because we're adding an extra game, right? Yeah, Renard was tweeting us on something like that because so amazingly the now Bears never had a yards. Right. The the Bears going back to Bears quarterbacking and how terrible it's been never have never had a is it a four thousand yard season? I, no, I that, that. It, it, you know what? They still won't. <laughs> Even with seventeen. Even with seventeen. Oh, <laughs> First, you have to have health. Maybe, right? I, you know, I don't know if there's a guarantee. I I don't know if if we're going to see like there's a legitimate case to be made for like if you're Justin Fields, let's say there's a legitimate case to be made for starting somebody else the first two games because that's your your preseason. I absolutely can. and you might not have your blocking schemes right. You don't want guys to go out there and get destroyed. Right? I, I'm just saying I might protect an asset like that a little bit more versus throwing them out there with everybody blown up the first two weeks like we had, if that's the way it's going to be from now on. I would protect the player. I can absolutely see Andy Dalton starting the season for a different reason. Um, Chicago played it up when they signed them as if it was like a major deal, yeah, like yeah. it was something he's the, big. He's their, he's their starter. He's the yeah, greatest and tweeting, thing ever. Tweeting out the you know QB one with a picture of Andy Dalton and whatnot, and of course everybody on draft night tweeting out pictures of him saying QB two. Um, <laughs> so I can see them going with Dalton just to do the whole respect the veteran thing and act like he's their guy and that Justin sure. Fields is, you know, we're just going to bring him along and, and, and coach him up. And uh, like, you know, they'll use the words that you were just saying, which is, uh, you know, bring him along slowly and coach him and, and let him get right. adjusted to the just, league. Just don't do the Tua thing to Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton starts the season for the Bears and he's playing really good, don't bench him. Ah. Like, because, right? That's what they did with Tua. We, we, and we were, like, merciless in, in, the, in, in the way we treated Brian Flores and that coach because it was the, the, he's in, he's out. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. The closer. I mean, don't. Do well, that. that was really dumb. What? Whatever but, you do, just don't do that. That should be the cautionary tale for how not to put in a rookie quarterback. First of all, Tua didn't deserve to be put in, and then he didn't deserve to be yanked. You you made the move. <laughs> don't do that to Justin Fields. Please, Bears, don't do that to Justin Fields. As much as I would love it, the, as much as I would love it for the value 
of what it would do to this show. Because <laughs> it would drive you insane. As much as I would appreciate the, 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 the you know, the drama it would add to the air. I, I don't do that to this kid. Don't don't do with this kid. Or if it's Patrick him, depending on your point of view. Separate from the whole closer thing, which is idiotic, and we definitely uh, yeah. gave Flores his fair share of crap for that. Yeah, I think our whole I mean our award show was just littered with not many good things for the Dolphins. No. Separate from that was the whole decision in the first place, as you were just talking about, that the fact that Fitzmagic was playing probably much better than the Dolphins figured he would. And so they went ahead with what was obviously a preconceived plan all along to get to the bye week and yank him for Tua, which is right. that's fine to have that plan, but you have to recognize and, and sort of read the room or whatever you want to call it. And yes. you, you got you to gotta know that your guy is, is not – playing bad enough to get benched. He's actually playing well and, and has the team in contention and your, your veterans in your locker room is, is, are looking at you. Yeah, and, and he was well-liked. He's well-liked. He's he well-liked. on Tua when Tua got to come in with the garbage time. He wouldn't have been doing that if he knew he was going to be getting the cane coming out from, you know, stage right. The, the veterans are thinking they're going to have a, a playoff contending team all of a sudden. Right. And then you, you get the, the Sandman King and, and you get the hook and they're like, what, what the fuck are you doing? What, what, why, why would you do that now? Yeah. What? So yes, please don't do and that. Then, don't. Uh... And then the cherry on top is Fitzpatrick can't start that last game because he's hurt. Right. And Tua plays one of the worst games of quarterback I've ever seen in my life against the team <laughs> playing for nothing. Fitz got the goop, right? He, he got the COVID. Yeah, he couldn't play. That's yeah. all I know. Is I think that's what it was. And that game that, that Tua played against Buffalo, who's literally just there. For no- they played their starters for like a quarter or something. Yeah. Well, and that was it. And they got rolled. Yes. And just lose. Like they shouldn't have been on the field with them. And and that was, that was their season, because that was winning you're in. Mm-hmm. So it was a fitting yeah. end. So that's why I'm saying that's the cautionary tale for the Bears. If you're going to start Andy Dalton, at least let him play himself out of the job or get hurt, right? Or be, you know, be ineffective and you make the halftime change, right? Yeah, I'm going to go on a limb and say Dalton does not have the the uh, the first six games of the season that Fitzmagic had last year. I don't think Dalton's he doesn't go yet. That. that was still only three and three, I believe. But that was it was, not, but it was it much better was, quality football than most people correct. expected. They weren't losing their games because of, of Fitzpatrick. Right. I think the Bears right. would have the ability to lose some games because of because we've seen Andy Dalton. Yeah, we, we have. We, we we know, especially if the Bears have any Thursday night games, we know what Andy Dalton can do. We've seen Andy Dalton. That's why we didn't know why they <laughs> signed him in the first place. Here's my bold prediction: the Bears have any early season. Thursday night games, that will be the moment. He goes out and goes three for 16 or something awful. <laughs> and I don't know. There's something about Andy Dalton on Thursday nights that gives me hives. And they announce immediately after the game that it's uh, it's going to be Justin Fields the next week. Yes. Uh, that, that that might happen. There's a, any number of things that might happen under the under Mad Nagy and the Bears because, oh, boy, has it been a, a, an adventure. But uh, you're optimistic. You're, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. 
until the season starts, it's all sunshine and flowers. Absolutely. It's strawberry Go fields. Bears, go. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Um, yeah, that, that's all you can do at this point. You, everyone else can, can beat it up and, and nitpick it and, and criticize it. That's fine. I understand it. But as a Bears fan, I'm just saying it's all sunshine and roses right now. It's all rainbows. That's good. You got five months to enjoy it. Damn right. Well, actually, three months. We're already into May. Can you believe that? June, July, yeah. No. Three months. We're into we're into preseason or whatever they're doing. So four months, four solid months of four of, solid of months, right? We get to Memorial Day, the, the Labor Day. That's four months to Labor Day. Then the hand wringing can begin. Then, then you got to get. Then shit gets real. Celebrate good times. Come on. I don't know what you're talking about, man. You got I'm the damn beer. They're going all the way. They're going to win the Super Bowl. 80, 82 to nothing. Not bears. Right. Dwayne Haskins <laughs> better not be walking around at no malls. That's all I can say. <laughs> I just call him Dwayne Haskins. I, I meant Justin uh-huh. Fields. Uh-huh. Dak Haskins. <laughs> so we're now in the uh, the after-after after show. After-after show, um, yeah. The aftermath-aftermath. i got to write that one down. i got to remember Dak Haskins because <laughs> I'm pulling that one out at some point. Um, I just wanted to clean up some uh, loose ends. We have a lot of content. We had a lot of things that we're doing. Uh, we had the Oscar show last weekend. Poor Dave, uh, his winners did not come in as he was uh, talking about. I, I told y'all, I told y'all they was giving Anthony Hopkins that best actor Oscar. I told you, you that, know, was, that was the uh, for your consideration performance. And it was Dave, just, though, Dave said that Anthony Hopkins should win. But he wasn't going to win because Chadwick Boseman was dead. I believe said, I believe we talked about that. That Dave, I, clearly, I thought Dave, I'd have to pull the tape, but I thought he did. He clearly had Anthony Hopkins as a should win, or at least was not like if he won, it wouldn't be like undeserved. No, I wrote it down. He said it was uh, the guy from uh, that did the uh, the death metal. Uh, oh, that's the guy who he thought win. should win. Okay. Yes. Okay. But they, yeah, gave they, gave to, no, they gave it to Anthony Hopkins. So, I mean, it's not like, I, you know, I mean, Anthony Hopkins is a great actor. But, yeah, I was I was shocked. And, and so apparently it was the Academy because they, they kind of rejiggered the, the telecast <laughs> so they could send it off on a high and wah, wah. And now, here's your, here's your best actor winner. Everybody get on your feet yeah. for Anthony Here's Hopkins. a. All right, good night, everybody. Well, we're just gonna put a photo up on the screen of Anthony Hopkins and end the telecast. I, I was half waiting for them to bring out the Kinko's copy for Drew Brees. <laughs> that was uh, that was a thing. <laughs> that was that that was that was up there with the 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 La La Land uh, moonlight thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean because they changed the format of the mm-hmm. show. First of all. If you're going to do that, you better know who's going to win. Apparently they didn't. I guess not. Apparently they actually were on the up and up with those uh, those ballots. They, they actually didn't know <laughs> who was going to win. But they were so sure that oh, Chadwick yeah. Boseman was winning that award that they changed. Like, the, like, it's always best picture ends the show. Always. He was even a heavy betting favorite. I, I should have put some money on Anthony Hopkins. Man. You should have. And then it doesn't pan out. 
and you and it's like you could just like every uh, air the sales. I mean, it's like the, the next day you literally had to have like, people were literally like apologizing. You know, you, you almost mm-hmm. felt bad for Anthony Hopkins because people were like, "How dare he win? How dare he right. be one of the best actors? You know, of our <laughs> of our lifetimes? How dare you, Anthony Hopkins? How dare he turn in an Oscar worthy performance and actually get the Oscar? How could he do that?" <laughs> Like he stole the award, and then he has to give this like canned speech. It's not even about him. He has to start giving the speech. Oh, yeah, you know what I have expected was they had that. Did you, did you see that where he had the, like the, the tape thing or whatever he did from like England? No, where he lives. I have. Ex- I, I was. I was half waiting for uh, like Kanye to show up. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman had the greatest performance <laughs> of all time. Of all time. <laughs> That would have been. That just would have been like that. That would have made it all perfect. All of a sudden, they're just doing this this canned thing from 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 Anthony Hopkins standing there with the beautiful like English scenery and the countryside behind him. And the next thing, all you see is Kanye step into frame. I'm gonna let you finish. Um, <laughs> Frances McDormand for Best Actress came in. Oh, okay. uh, Dave had, had had Carrie Mulligan for for that. Yeah, uh, he was. All, he was all about uh, Gary Mulligan, and he was also all about uh, the movie itself. The, yeah, he seemed most impressed by that movie. Yeah, no, no, that was that was Nomadland. That that one best picture. Yes, it did. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, what's the name of that movie? Um, Promising young woman. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he said that should win and was going to win. Like he was all about that movie. Yeah, um, and we never we've never had Dave do a Oscars recap. Um, because this one was all over the place. The uh, best supporting actor for Daniel Kaluuya, which that was that one we, that he that one we knew that was the high betting odds one. Yeah, uh, but that was one that he thought Sasha Baron Cohen should have won for for yeah. uh, for the Chicago Seven movie, right? Um, and then he thought Glenn Close was going to bring home supporting actress for Hillbilly Elegy, and it wound up being uh, the foul-mouthed grandmother from that Korean movie. So we, we figured it would get some kind of love, uh, but you correctly predicted it wasn't going to get Best Picture because they already took care of the Koreans. Last we already time. did our Korean movie. That's off right. the list. Check, check. We're not doing that two years in a row. Right. Um, but uh, everyone knew that the uh, director, uh, Zhao, was going to yeah. get that award. Um, and, and I went back and listened, and, and it, it actually turns out I picked every winner correctly, and it made perfect sense because I had no money. I had no stakes in that. So, Oh, okay. Of course. So what happens today? Today I went back out to the dog track to bet the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I saw you posted your, uh, your, your picks. So I posted my picks. Uh, and I was going to have a big breakdown of my picks on the sh- on the after show last night before we moved the oh, show to tonight. Sorry. Well, but as it turns out, my picks it's, sucked. Oh, okay, so good. So this is why we're doing. This is why it made it into the after after show. Yes, because they completely blew, and I apologize to anybody who put any value into it. My horse that I picked to win, fin- there was only 19 horses that raced in the Kentucky Derby this year. The horse that I picked. Finished 17th. I sucked. Oh. My horse sucked. My second pick, I think, finished fifth. Uh, my third pick, I don't know where he was. 
the only thing I got right was the I, I had the favorite finishing fourth, and I think he finished third. I, I knew the favorite wasn't going to win because I was not impressed with him when in his in his prep races. So that much I got correct. Um, and the other thing I got correct was I was going to talk about one of the uh, prep race winners that I absolutely had no intention of betting in the Derby because in winning his prep race, he like completely ran off the page. He was running to the right and trying to like leave the track, but he still won the, the prep race. And I'm like, okay, you can't oh. do that in the Derby because there's 19 other horses and you can't go running off to the right like that. And sure enough, he did not, uh, he did not win either. Um, so I, I got it right where the horses who I knew wouldn't win, they didn't win. What I got wrong was the horse that did win that I did not have any uh, – I didn't have in any of my uh, picks it, in my Superfecta, my trap. I didn't have him anywhere on the board, and he came home and won the whole race. Uh, I think he was 12-1 to 1 by the time he won, so somebody made a, a good amount of money on it. Um, the The – NBC brought on that guy that uh, was doing like the election prediction maps and he was really popular doing that. So they brought him on and all of their horse racing experts. He was the only one that picked the winning, the winning horse. Not only did he uh, pick the winning horse who I should say by name, but I don't have the uh, list of horses uh, in front of me like I did before. Um, Oh, here, here's the list. Uh, Medina Spirit or Medina Spirit? That's who won the race. Not only did he, uh, not only did he pick the winner, but then I go on social media and he's showing off the one hundred dollar to win ticket that he bet on that horse at twelve to one odds. Which means that motherfucker, who's already probably rich, you know, beyond his dreams, uh, made a shit ton of money on that horse at thirteen hundred dollars or whatever. Uh, that came in on, on one horse, on one ticket. That's my dream right there, to just put 100 to, on the nose on a on a you know long shot like that and to have it come in. And he did it. So all props to him. But, man, my pick sucks. So, yeah, I wanted to definitely bring that up. But I nailed all the Oscars picks, and that made me a grand total of $0. And then I took out uh, – I don't even, even – I'm embarrassed to even say how much, but I took out a, a decent amount of money from the uh, ATM before I go over to – I uh, bet the Kentucky Derby, and all of those tickets are complete losers. So, Oof. once again, when I put my money where my mouth is, it, it doesn't go well. For me. Lesson lesson learned. Yeah. Well, so. not really, because I'll probably go back and bet again next year. Uh, I'll end the show on, on this one for you. All right. This is the, the list, just in our lifetime, of the great Ohio State NFL quarterbacks. Uh-oh. Troy Smith. You remember the great Troy Smith? Oh, yeah. Ooh. What about what about JT Barrett? You remember oh. the great JT Barrett? Uh. What about Braxton Miller? We, we all remember. We'll never forget Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> You're not going to let us. <laughs> never for hashtag never forget. Uh, Dak Haskins. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.